Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. New Jersey can get a piece of the action at BetMGM Sports. Sign up today and get an instant 100% deposit match up to $100. There's never been a better time to discover BetMGM Sports. Download the BetMGM app or go to BetMGM.com and instantly double your bankroll. Must be 21 years or older. Must be in New Jersey. Restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for full list of terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Yes, I'm absolutely delighted for the first time in a long while. I've actually got a player on my level. <laughs> the Champions League winner, Paul Lambert. Lambert, how are you doing all right? I'm all right, you? I'm good. How are you looking great, by you? Yeah. I was going to say, you look fitter now than what you did when you played. <laughs> it, must be, it, must be, it must be a secret that I need to learn that one. <laughs> by the way, can I just tell you, you were my favourite player coming through when I was a young boy at Celtic. Are you just saying that now because you're interviewing me? No, I swear to God, I always used to try and play like you, but for some reason I'd end up playing like Momo Silla. See, on the Champions League, you, you obviously had a big aura about you at Celtic because you won the Champions League. Have you got the, the medal about that? Do you know what, Simon? It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, um, all my medals at Celtic and, 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 and Europe, is, 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 it's there. I don't know if you can see them. Oh, yes. Can you get the Champions League one out? Is it what? Can you get the Champions League one out? Can I get it out? Yeah. I can get it out, yeah. I can show oh, it. Oh, yes. No problem. I never, I never normally do things like this, you know. I never, I never do things like this because I think there's a, people ask me about it all the time and I just come in and say, it's your best medal is your memory, you know. Right. And, uh, and I do that. And these sort of things are, for me, are, are materialistic things. I'm no, um, no. Wow. So that's it there, as you probably guess what it's like, but that, yeah, that's it. Oh my God. I've got one just like that, by the way. Uh, you've got one just like it? Uh, the cabinet, I mean. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, took, I took this for your house. <laughs> You've been up to my mission again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, uh, so, so I keep all the medals there and uh, uh, yeah, I do that. I normally don't do it. Have you ever watched the game back? Do you know, I've never watched it for 90 minutes back and uh, uh, I don't have, I don't have a thing for um, for FIFA. It was, it was a flashback to the Champions League final. And they, asked, they asked me my opinion on it and the way it 
the way it went and uh, I saw the goals out of it and uh, saw a little bit some moments out of it. I've never actually watched the, the full 90 minutes. You tend not to really kind of do that. I think when you stop playing, you, you, you forget, you know. And uh, But the, the, I can still remember a lot of stuff about the game and the aftermath and the, the stuff like that. But the actual game itself, I would have to watch it to remember a lot of stuff, you know. Now we'll come to that in a bit, but we'll start at St Martin as a teenager. What were you just mm. picked up for your boys club? Uh, yeah, we played with uh, played with Limited Rangers or not, uh, I believe it or not, and uh, with a manager there, a guy called Alex Stevens, who was brilliant. And he was a believe it or not, he was a local policeman in Limited at that time. And he, he ran my school team and he ran the, the, the boys club team. And we played we played at our home home game and it was thirteen. And uh, we played in a cup game, and uh, if, I think it was Saturday after the game. He, he said his cousin Samarin came down and invited like, you to come into train on a Thursday night. And at that time, we only trained on a Thursday night at that time. We had lads from maybe Renfrewshire, from Glasgow, from East End, from the West End, all over guys you know, on a Thursday night. And uh, there was myself and another lad at at that time who uh, drafted and to, to go and train with him. And we went on the first day, and it was a Thursday night, and there was nobody there. And there was only two players for the first team that were there. And we were only 13 at the time. And the two players that night were part-time. And the two players was uh, a guy, you'll probably know, you'll definitely know one of them. The other guy, I'm not sure, but one was Stevie Clark. And oh. another one was Dougie Sumner. And the other kids turned into train because we, we picked the wrong night. So Stevie and Dougie took me and myself and, and, and a guy called Norrin and Water was another great player. And uh, you, you won't remember Love Street and I had the big the big spare bit at the end of the end of the goal, one of the goals, you know. Right. Before Love Street got knocked down. And they played two v two against us. And they made, we didn't even touch the ball that night. But it was the following Thursday that we went in. And Ricky McFarlane was a manager. And uh, Ricky Ricky gave us the opportunity at thirteen. But Ricky was only there a few weeks. And then he left. Someone played Feyenoord in the UEFA Cup. And I went to the game. And it was the first time I saw Croyd playing that, that day uh, at, at Love Street that night. And the return leg, the, the away leg, Ricky resigned after the game, I think. And uh, we didn't know what was happening. The third team, we didn't know. But Ali Muller came in. Martin Ferguson and Drew Jarvey came in. And, uh, and we had a three-year period virtually to impress them. Then Martin and Drew and, and, and the manager. And I'll tell you what, and I'll go, I'll go, I'll always say it without the three guys, I wouldn't have been the player I was, or I wouldn't have been the person I was, because they they were unbelievable for, for me growing up. And what we learned, but what did they do that was so good? They looked after us. They, they we trained every Thursday, they got us into good habits, they got us out to play on the back foot, they got us how to move our heads, they got us how to play to the right, to the left, use a weak foot, all those sort of things. But not just that, it was off the pitch, they looked after us, they really did, they, they were made sure the world was alright. I mean, three years to impress them, and we, we, so I left school, yeah, when I was about 15, 16, and they asked me to sign on the YTS system at that time, you know, and they, yeah. I played with Scotland under 15s against England at Forest Town, and they played as a centre forward and they done quite well. And Aston Villa wanted to sign us at that time. And uh, 
now I'll get wind of it. And he came right up to my mom's house and said, no, no, there's no way we're letting him, him go for We trained him for three years and then he goes to England and says, that's no, no good. Which, thankfully, uh, I stayed and, and, uh, and, and then he gave me the opportunity to go and, go and play in the first team. Because you were fast-tracked at the first team as well, weren't you? Was it 17 you started playing for the first team? No, I made my day when I was 15. No way. Yeah, yeah. And the well, Wikipedia doesn't go that far back, Lambo. I would have checked that. <laughs> well, I was on the, I tell you what, I can tell you where it was. I was on the bench against them Barton at, at Bulkhead, and that was the old stadium. That's just how long, how long ago that was. I was 15, and uh, I think I got the last man. It was a friendly. And then he took me to Easter Road one day, and uh, came right from school, and I went to Easter Road with, with the reserves. And I played against a guy called Ralph Cali, who, who was a great player in, 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 in years gone by. And I played against Hibs and I got an absolute doing from him. An absolute doing. And I got taken off at half time and Martin and Drew said to me, how did you feel? I went, didn't have a clue what I was doing out there. He went, don't worry, it'll be the best experience you'll ever have. And it was, it 100% was. So, so I made my debut, I went to the first team in 15 at Brokeg. Went to reserves at 15, learned some reserve football from, from there. Played in. The great thing about reserve football at that time was when the first team played Celtic, I saved Clarkhead. Celtic was sent a strong reserve side to play St. Marin at Lovesey. Yeah. We played in that. We played against men. We could we, we play against people like Roy Aiken if he was coming back from injury or, or Peter Grant, people like that. We could have played against them at that age. So it was 15 and doing well in that. And, and the manager and, and Martin and Drew must have confirmed each other to say, listen, this young guy's no bad, maybe we, we should have a look at him. And then at 16, the Premier League game, he put him on the bench against Motherwell. We beat 1-0 and I came on. And one, listen, a young kid, you play with no fear. And I turned the game, we won 2-1 we won and then it just went, it went from there. How was it being a kid that age going into a first team dressing room? Because Frank McAvenny was the honey. Like Frank, I, I no, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a funny story. Frank, Frank was um, he was as I came in to, to Love Street. So my dressing room when I came in to Love Street. It was Campbell Money, uh, Jim Stewart, Jimmy Rooney, Peter Mackey, Brian Gallagher, Billy Alacron, with Derek Hamilton, uh, Frank McGarvey, Tony Fitzpatrick. Uh, Maka and Stevie Clark, they were still there. Maka and, and Stevie Clark were still there. And, uh, and Frank was just about to leave to West Ham. And, uh, and I was on the ground staff. So I was picking up the boots, you know, and, and the ground staff. I was picking up the boots and going to clean them. And, uh, and we were always assigned to certain, so many, like maybe four players. There five of us on the ground staff at that time. Right. And I was, I was picking up Frank, Frank's boots. And he says, he says, me, man, he says, do, do you smoke? I said, no, Frank. He says, do you drink? I went, no. He says, do you go with a woman? I went, no. He went, you'll never be a fucking player. So he gave me a wee thing. He went, oh, dear, dear. And then Brian Gallagher and guys like that came, and Jimmy Rooney and that came. Doogie Bell came and loan for, from, from uh, I think Doogie came from Mangers on loan. But I'll tell you what, to learn for a hard dressing room, whoa, dear, dear. That was, Would it be tough on you, Lambo, huh? They were tough in a way of if, if, uh, if things weren't done right, they were that way. But what they did, they looked after us. You know, they looked, looked after me as a player and they looked, 
you were talking about a dressing room where there's no way in this earth you would get away with it now, what happened then. Yeah. Because of the, 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 the hardness of it and the way they looked after you, you know, but would I change it? No, I would never have changed it for the, for the world, no. I was just going to say, you clean Frank's boots, but just as well he didn't need to clean his knickers, eh? Well, listen, God knows what was in them things, you know. Was, <laughs> he does a cream show with us once a week. He does <laughs> one here once a week, what a guy he is, I love him. I, honestly, in my convenience, Madden was an incredible player. Is he brilliant, huh? Ah, uh, he was, was, was an unbelievable footballer, Frank, in the, that time. Because we, we were we were on ground staff, so we didn't even watch them uh, uh, play with some other anyway, because we used to go to the games as well uh, on a Saturday month so. But people like that, but Fitzpatrick, Abercrombie, Derry Hartley, they were all Neil Cooper, they were all big, big players, and who definitely looked after his own approach, that's for sure. Uh, you've reached the 1987 Cup final taking on Jim McLean's United. Uh, they were in the UEFA Cup final as well. Would that have been like the equivalent of St. Man playing Celtic at Rangers now? At that time, Sam, United were, I mean, that's another great team. You can go Negative, Harry, Sturrock, Malpass, uh, Redford, Billy Kirkwood. I mean, top, top players that were there. Kevin Gallagher was there. Ian Ferguson was there. And, and St. Man at that time were a provisional club. Nobody knew how, how, the, how the game was going to go. And uh, to get them, because they had the UEFA Cup final, I think, on, on the bus the same week as us. So they had the Cup final, then I think they had the UEFA Cup final, and they, they lost two of them back to back Cup final. So that team, Dundee United, well, them and Aberdeen, probably that team were, were, were definitely up there on the running of the Rangers and Celtic. Was there any nerves going into the game? Or were you not like that? No, it's something you don't know. You can, you, I thought I was still playing schoolboy football, you know, and then um, Alex Smith told me the week before the actual game itself, he said, listen, Rangers were, we were playing Rangers at Ibrox, and um, yeah, yeah, it was, and he, he, he told me I wasn't going to play against Rangers at Ibrox, and he said, I'm going to play in the cup final. And I was, okay, no problem, I don't, what do you think? And then he, he played me, and... Yeah, the game went well. You, you don't, it's 17, you, you haven't a clue what you're in Because if the older guys take the criticism of the lose, then you, you'll get the praise if you, if you win, saying, oh, he's a young guy and he's played well and all these sort of things. But regarding the, the extent of the game, there's no, there's no way I'd have thought this is a Scottish Cup final. It's, it's impossible, right? Mm-hmm. Is it true Alex Smith said you're Because you're only 17? I, I did, yeah. He did, he did. In the, Again, another great manager looked after it's not that they could be managers rather than like you just go and have a right good drink, you go and do what you, you want to do. And, and it's funny because some of the young kids at Switch were asking me this yesterday, what was it like being at that, that level? And, and you can get derailed when you're really young, 17. And as I said before, a scout, the great scout that picked me up said to my mum and dad when I signed, he said the big important age for him is not between 16 and 19. And I thought, Mom, I said, well, why, why do you think that is? Because he's going to make sacrifices in the home and that. My dad said, well, what, what are they? And, he, and, I, and I still use it this day, even with the kids are what we hear. You discover drink, you discover women, you discover nightclubs. Three big, big distractions for a young player who might get a lot of success to go off rail and then all of a sudden, you know, before you know their careers away. So you think, so I, I need people that came into and all the young guys to help me to stay in that pathway of 
well, for a good way, they're thankful I had a, a good mum and dad as well, which is important. So, uh, Alex Smith is saying, looked after as well. We're saying, oh, go. We, we, I couldn't do that. I couldn't have done what we have been that done, you know, dear, dear. I've been, I've been that, we used to go out and come back at the close and the buzz was singing, you know. So, <laughs> so there, there's things like, like that. But what a, what a not upbringing St. Mum was, that was, that was incredible. They three pitfalls, I only managed two, the drinking, the nightclubs, their face like this, you didn't get a bird, mate, do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you spent another six years at St. Mum. You seen it? I meant to say. You spent another six years at St. Mum, tell me. Was it? But guys like Ian Ferguson that were getting big moves, uh, was there no opportunity for you to leave sooner? You know, uh, not many people know. I, I, um, Good, are we explosive? I went, I went, I went to buy a Leverkusen on driver, and uh, when I was twenty-one. Wow. Yeah, twenty-one I was, and um, I went to buy a Leverkusen, and uh, I'll tell you also that he might not mention it. Tosh McKinley was there. Tosh was over. Oh, hero. Tosh was over at the same time, and uh, I never met Tosh before, you know. And the two is wet now. Did he have that pinstripe suit on? And, uh, and the big massive nod that I was doing this. The Queen Mary, one of them. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, what a guy, uh, McKinley is brilliant. And uh, so I went in there, I was 21, and I went there and, and waved my decks. I was nowhere near ready for that. That was, that was a totally different, totally different uh, uh, scenario. And, and Tosh and I trained for a few days. And Stepanovic was a, was a coach. But at that time, Leverkusen had Dove Kirsten, I think Andy Fong played, Navotny played, all big players for Germany played. But I was with my depth. So I came back to St. Martin. At, uh, 21, Fergie, I think when Fergie left for Rangers, I think Fergie left for Rangers just after the cup final, didn't he? Yeah. I think around that time, so Fergie would have been away. Uh, but I, I was really happy at St. Martin. It was just an opportunity that, that uh, for somebody to ask me to go with them train at, at that time. How, how good was Tony Fitzpatrick? He was another guy like you in the team very young. Was he a top player? Great player and an incredible pro, unbelievable pro. Tony, he was, um, if there ever was a model professional addressing him at that time, it would have been him, would have been him himself the way he was. I had the respect for everybody. And just last one I wanted to ask you about is because I've had him on my B licence and he seems like a screwball, Jimmy Bone. Uh, another one you wouldn't have messed with in addressing You certainly wouldn't have messed with Jimmy, but I, I, a lot of respect for him. We, 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 I'd have followed things like that which you do at certain times, but predominantly it was, it was always good for me that way, you know. They gave me the opportunity uh, to go to Dundee United. And um, I tell you what he did do when I went to Dundee United, you know, to speak to Jim McLean, believe it or not. Oh wow, how was that chat? Good. And uh, he picked me for the, the centenary team again, we played Scotland at Hamden, he picked me for the centenary team, uh, Mr. McLean. And uh, I went and played another good game. And we beat Scotland 1 0, a Scottish League selector. I played with like Hans Hillhouse and guys like that, they were Jim Bett and people like that. And uh, we beat Scotland 1 0. And uh, uh, Jim McLean asked me to say, so Tamil Katana days, it was a Thursday before the season, and, and Saturday the season was starting. And uh, Dundee United were playing Motherwell on a Saturday, and I can't remember who St. Mum were playing, I can't remember who were playing. So we got with Dan Katana days, and the uh, you remember Tanner Days at the stairs, didn't you? I don't know if it still has, but at the stairs you went up and then the dressing rooms were on your yeah. right. That's right, yeah, it's still there. So it's still there. So I went up and I pressed the door and nobody answered it, you know, and I thought, 
I'd done it again. I thought, I'm not sure this is for me. Before I even went out and talked to him, you know, I was just doing myself, just doing myself. So uh, I went and speak, speak to him. He was good as gold, Mr. McLeod. I was in his room and, and uh, waiting and waiting. And he came in. He said, Hi, Paul. He said, How are you doing? He said, Listen, glad you joined down United. He says, uh, They're the deal. I'm a fan. They're the deal. And you got a date beside. And I went, All right. I'll let you know tomorrow. So I travelled back down to Renfrewshire. Uh, uh, and I got to sit my room on the Friday. But I goes back to my dad. My dad said, what do you think? I went, I don't know, Dan. I'm undecided. What are you doing? He went, go with your gut feeling. So I went, right, okay. So I made up my mind I'm going to go and sign. So get the suit and that on. So I got to sit my room on the Friday morning. And Jimmy's, Jimmy's, Jimmy's the manager. And Jimmy said, uh, have you decided? And I went, aye. And he went, what are you going to do? And I went, I don't know. And he looked at me bizarrely and I went, he said, you don't know? I thought you decided. I said, I'm, I'm so unsure. He said, no, you do. Get in the track, put your training clothes on, get in the track and walk around. And Lofty that time had a big uh, track around it. He said, take a, take a lap around it, walk around it and come back in and tell me your answer. And I went, aye, I'll do that. Walked to it, walked to in Love Street, took my time, came back in. He said, what are you going to do? He said, I'm not going, I'm staying. And I stayed at St. Marmon about Three weeks later, I joined Merle with his brother, Tommy. That's that's that what happened. So, but why? What made you decide to stay? What made you not go to Dundee United? Got feeling. Was it? I'm got feeling. Aye. A brave decision to make, isn't it, for like how big United were at the time? Aye, yeah, yeah. Oh, aye. If you look at that way, yeah, hundred percent. But that's that's exactly what happens. My dad dies sometimes. Just go, you got feeling. And Jimmy, Jimmy says, listen. Take a walk with the track, come back and tell me. How did you, how did Jim McLean take that news? I'm not I'm not sure he went over the moon where you know I'm, I'm not too sure, but uh, it was a decision that from my own side proved to be to to be a, a good decision. Why Motherwell then? I think they were third in the league that, that year, is that right? They were playing great. Yeah. Uh, at, at that time we started the season with a house and fire and uh, uh, Jimmy wanted, I think, uh, Jim Gardner. So I went, I went to my little mate, uh, mate uh, Tommy, and um, Tommy said, listen, we'll let you sign, but the only way the deal will happen is Jim signs for some And I went, okay, well, let's see what happens. So we agreed everything to say, okay, I'll come if, if Jim Gardner joins St. Martin. Jim joined St. Martin. Again, if Jim never signed for, for uh, St. Martin, I wouldn't have went, went, my career wouldn't have went away there. Yeah. So uh, Jim signs for um, for uh, St. Mum. I signed Mum and played Hearts at Fur Park. I mean, beat Hearts, but I knew Mum will start the season really well. But Tommy put me in, uh, and I played beside uh, Phil, Phil O'Donnell, God bless him, and Jamie Dolan at, at, at that time. And the team, Buxley picked itself that whole season, Buxley all the way through. And I'll tell you what, Sam, what a really, really good side they were. Really good side. And, and, and I loved I love playing under Tommy Clean. It was taskmaster the way he worked, but a good good manager. I wanted to ask you this: see, as a young kid, I watched a game you played uh, last week. It was stopping the ten in a row, and see, every time you got the ball, you passed it forward. Was that was that ingrained in you as a kid? Uh, when I went to Dortmund, my whole game changed. My whole scenario changed. The whole the whole 
persona me changed when I went to Bruce and Dortmund that, that they, they turned me into the player I was that when I was playing in Scotland I was you're floating you know you're just hovering around the and try and make a living on a career at a football that's that's where I tried to hope when I was with St Man and Motherwell and these two clubs gave me a great crown and was ever 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 going to hit the heights no why no could you coaching Paul no because I think I think you need I think you need luck in certain times and you need to play well consistently well the best players always play consistent the kids one man's will play three games that are okay and no good the next. The ones that do it, we can make it, we can make it. And then you have to go to big clubs to win. You, you know it's Celtic. The, 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 you cannot draw at Celtic. It's impossible. You, you have to win. No matter who you're playing. And if you can't handle that as a player, then forget it. Don't, don't, don't sign for Celtic. Make sure you handle the crowd. And you handle the expectation of, of winning stuff. No disrespect to Mullins and Murray. They were never going to be the top end of, of winning titles at the time. So, I needed, I needed a move like like Bruce Dortmund to happen for me. Whether I was thought, you know what? Yeah, I arrived at the top. Yeah. I felt like you were staring at me there when you said the kid on ones. Don't know if I'm just being. <laughs> <laughs> right, Alex McLeish came in. How was he? Was he? Was he a top coach? He was good. The first year he was um, really good. As I say, the team picked itself, and I think he made a really good decision to let the team just go again. We finished third under Tommy. And that year with Tommy, we were boxing neck and neck with Rangers all the way. We beat Rangers home and away. And uh, we um, we were a midweek against Dundee United and I think they were Easter Road. There was nothing in it. And uh, Dundee United beat us. I think they beat us 1-0. I think Big C Dykstra made a mistake. Big C was brilliant the whole season. So. And that game deflated us. And then Rangers went away to win the title. The team was really strong at that time. That following summer, nobody really left. And uh, Ali came in, never touched the team, and just rolled. It rolled again and rolled again. And then we finished second to, to the Rangers at that time. Celtic were at Hamden, and we were fighting it hard. I think at Hamden at that time, couldn't really get a, a grip of it. And then we finished second, uh, and Rangers, Rangers won it again. But the actual time of that time, we never touched it. Uh, in my last year, London, we we had a four. It was my fault. Should, it should never have happened. Uh, we, we we were training one day, and um, something happened on the training pitch. And you kind of had a morning. I just told me, uh, for you should never have done something. Like that. I kicked the ball away, mm. and uh, we we did a kind of spark with that, and that should never have happened because that was my fault. And, and looking back, that, that's what happens in football. You know, it's a it's a it's um. Strange game at times, you know. But we, now when I'm eating that, we're going really, really, really well, you know. So uh, there's not a problem. Ali took my own one and, I, and then also I left in my, my last year, yeah. Just coming towards the end, did you know that you had to, to make a move to kind of take that next step? Do you know what? In, in, in my last year, uh, we, 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 I wasn't really getting offered any with Mother anyway, you know. And uh, Brad McKinnon, Brad McKinnon, who's another great player, Rab joined training in Enskiri in that summer after the, the third year. And that phoned me up one day and he, he said, How are you getting on? I said, Ah, oh, from holiday, waiting to see what happens. And uh, I said, How is it over there? He said, Well, we'll, we'll start in a couple of weeks, but everybody seems really good. Playing, playing on the ring, oh, great. And he said, Listen, he said, An agent wants to give you a call. I went, Who is it? 
y si te trying to read anything that time I didn't really bother you know and the he says a guy called God bless him as well a guy called Tom Van Dalen Dutch guy right he said he wants to give you a call he said I will tell me tell me um, tell me give me a call and I, I, I and I went I okay so this, this Dutch guy phones you you know I've never met the guy this could be this could be anybody anybody calling me the guy phones me and he says uh, he says Paul it's, it's Tom Van Dalen I went yeah he said um, Rob says you're, you're, you're out of contract and, and what do you want to do? I mean, well, I don't really know. I've not really got anything anyway. He said, listen, if you give me 10 days, I'll phone you. And I'll get back to you. And I said, ah, okay. So I put the phone to the thing. I'm never going to hear from this guy again. You know? So anyway, sure enough, 10th day. And I would say about three days later, mother were going to start pre-season. 10th day comes, guy, guy, um, Phones. He said, Paul, he said, what are you doing at the minute? I said, well, nothing really. He said, can you book a flight to, to Amsterdam and then come to Enschede and I'll pick you up and I'll tell you where what teams I've got for you, but you need to go and try them. And I went, ah, okay, give it a go. We've got nothing here anyway, so let, let's pack the bag. Anyway, so pack the bag, took enough money to, to I said, how long come over? Over for you. He went, he went, listen, it might be a week. I said, right, okay. So I thought, okay, mother, we're going to ask where I am, but I'm, I'm using the Bosman now. Right? I think at that time, Simon, myself and John Collins and Brad McKinnon were, 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 were maybe the, the, right about that year, the first to use the Bosman now at that time. And, uh, so I packed a bag, never told mother what uh, was happening. Guess the Amsterdam, and then Tom phoned me, he was not jumping a small plane to Enschede, you know? So I went, Sorry, like, you paid for this out of your own pocket? Aye, right. right. So, nothing anyway, so I had to go and do that, you know? Right. So, uh, jump to the plane, get, jump, I go on the run, I forget, I go on this runway and I look at this, I swear to God, it's a tiny, it's a little bit of a two-seater plane, you know? I'm like, Jesus Christ. I see the air stewardess pulling the door up with two bootlaces. Oh, this, this thing doesn't seem the best, you know? Anyway, thank God, it's about a 20-minute flight. Flight to Enschede, I've never met this guy. You know, he said, I'll meet you at the airport. So I've guessed, flies to Enschede. This guy standing there with, with, with uh, cigarettes, smoking away. He waves over, he knew who I was. He said, Paul, he said, I'm, I'm, I'm Tony Bendal. He says, uh, jump in the car and I'll take you to your first team. And I went, can you tell me where I'm going? He went, aye, you're going to go and take me PS behind for him. Wow. And I went, Exactly. That's when I said, I must be kidding myself on here. I'm not going to be playing this, this level. Anyway, I go to PSV and told them, they're not training camp on. And believe it or not, like me, I was catching the manager. So I go there, train with them for a week, and I play two games. But Dick Advocat plays me right winger. And I, and I actually scored two, believe it or not, in two games. I scored two in two games. And at that time, PS Eindhoven had uh, Luke Nealis, uh, Philip Koku, and Arthur Newman played. Wow. Uh, Vim Young did a really, really strong side. And we did come to him at the end of the week, he said, Paul, listen, he said, I know you're going somewhere else. He says, but uh, I'm looking for a winger who's who's really quick. And when he came to the Rangers and he brought in King Chelsea and all that, I knew he wanted to take a winger. I said, listen, no problem. I said, I'm not a winger. He went, no, no, I know you're a centre midfielder. So, he went, listen, good luck to, to, to wherever you go. So he jumped in the car with Tom, and I said, I said, you don't mean to ask? He said, where are we going now? He went, 
Oh, I'm going, I'm going to Ibu Sodorman. So two are dive, right? And what one does in, in that car is smoke, right? <laughs> smoke for two hours. Every time his phone goes, it's Ali Ferguson, it's Graham Sooners, it's Graham Degrees, it's all big house, you know? Yeah. So I'm saying, I'm in my depth here. Anyway, I, I'm doing my last, I don't know, five Deutsche marks at a time, you know? I've no got a penny. And uh, so we go, we go to Dortmund, and uh, I knew the club because I played against my mother, and I knew the size of the club, I knew the fan base I had. And uh, it's funny because I remember saying to Billy Davis in the, in the warm down after the Dortmund game in Dortmund, I said, I said Well, you can imagine playing this every week. He went, Incredible. Never, never thought of nothing of it. Did you do well against them when you played the game? <laughs> I, I played well against them, and uh, especially over there, I played well against them. So, uh, Went, went up there, went to Dortmund and right at the stadium. We go and meet the general manager, a guy called uh, Michael Meyer, his name was, you know. So him and Tone, swear to God, like you and I, and I'm sitting next to talk fluent German. And Mr. Meyer turns around and says, Paul, if you sign, that's the contract, that's it done, contract's done. If you don't sign, then thanks very much. So I said, listen, I said, I okay, I said, there's one problem. I said, I've got no money here, right? I've got about five dollars. I was meant to leave. I was meant to leave a week, a, a day ago, to get back to Scotland because Mother my one team away pre-season. But this time, Mother, big Ali, uh, phoned Billy Davis to say where I was, and I said to Billy, "Billy, tell him I'm sick. I'm no well. I'm in a bit no well." So I was, I was, I was lying through my teeth. Absolutely lying through my teeth where I was. Right, right. So I was honestly, it was, it was, it was absolutely. When I think back and I think it's absolutely shocking what I've done. But the, the, the I actually. Um, he said to Billy, listen, and, and Big Ali had phoned and he said, he says to, to the master, he says, where is he? He went, oh, he's, no, he's in bed, he's no well. He said, well, send a dog room. And I said, no, no, don't open the door. <laughs> this is true. I'm, I'm heading up to Dortmund today to see if I can get a, a trial. So I'm in, I'm in Dortmund, I said, Mr. Mark, I said, I don't have any money. He said, right, here's the deal. He said, your contract is done if you sign. That's, that's, that's there. He said, well, what I'll do is I'll give you 200 Deutsche marks. If you sign, you give me a buy. If you don't, you keep it. I went, all right. Bear in mind, I've only packed. I only packed a bag that would have held a pair of shoes and a top. Nothing there. So I said, where am I going? He went, don't worry about it. The team are not here at the minute. You need to go with this, uh, this guy will drive you to, to a place called Lubeck. So I thought, right, okay. So Tony says, listen, Paul, I'm away back to Holland. Guy will take you, you make the team, and the rest is up to you. So I said, okay, anyway, and I came after this day because I know him well, really do. So this guy came, and he was about, Walter Massey's name was, and Walter was about three foot six, you know, just grey hair like that, you know, around the size in the back. Hardly any English, hardly no German, he's got no English. Pulls on this lovely big Mercedes, you know. So I'm sitting in the front seat. He's, he's in the right uh, uh, driving. I went back to him. I'm not going to communicate. So I went like that, broken English. I went, kind of pointed the watch, you know, how long driving sort of thing, you know. Yeah. He, he looked at me and went, he went, he went, four, um, four, 40 minutes, 40 minutes. You know? No, 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 four hours, four hours. He went, don't worry, I do him too. I do him too. <laughs> 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 well, 
Anyway, get in the car with this guy, swear to God, it was the quickest drive I've ever seen it. The whites of my knuckles were up, because I was holding onto the thing, you know. This wee guy's tiny, you know, he's just looking over the steering wheel. Oh, Jesus Christ, the automatic, he's just going like that. Anyway, he gets to the it. The next thing I see a plane coming in, and I've just looked over the airport, and there's thousands and thousands of Dortmund fans. And at this time, I'm in my depth here, absolutely my depth. There's no way I should be here. Anyway, Walter, Walter drives the car onto the, onto the runway, onto the, the runway. Then he said, he still went and introduced you to Otmar and Michael Henke, and then you can, anyway, the team buses on the, on the, on the track, on the runway. Uh, Otmar and that came out, introduced myself a lot. He said, just take a seat in the bus, you know. So I went on the bus, and I looked on the bus, and I was, you can call it, Stephen Reuter, Andy Muller, wow. they're all there. So I started sitting in a seat, and he said, nah, I can't sit there. No way. Die. I went, all oh, right, sorry. So, it's very sad to say somebody else. No, nah, this is somebody else. You can't sit there. Go with somebody else. I went, no. And believe it or not, Stephen, Stephen Claus went like that. See, listen, there's one free next to me. So so, so anyway, I goes up and sat beside Stephen. I was like, I don't know any German here. This guy might not know any English. No idea here. Anyway, we go, we go to the tournament. That, uh, we go to the jail and then we go right to the tournament that afternoon and uh, we play Lubeck for 45 minutes but all my plays made in centre midfield. So I have a good game, we beat Lubeck uh, in a good game and our second game is against Hamburg, 45 minutes. It's a mini tournament, you know. Yeah. The count's buzzing, there's thousands there and I mean, but I did well in the game, you know. And uh, I was in the dressing room after and everybody says, well done, sort of thing, you know. And I seen at the corner of my eye, Stephen Reuter, I seen the old man Hitzfeld. Very good, sort of thing, you know? Yeah. I thought, maybe I've never done all right. We go back up to Dortmund with the team, and there's another tournament to play. And the four teams in the tournament was, was Dortmund, Bayern, Munchen Gladbach, and Schalke. So we played Schalke in the semi final, Munchen Gladbach would play Bayern, and the two runners would play together, and third and fourth would play together. Right. So, so I didn't know anything about Schalke. I, I didn't know the size of the club or anything. So they asked me to stay on again for this tournament. And I went, ah, okay, another couple of games, not going to make any difference. This time, mother will probably wash their hands of me, you know. So I thought, well, if this doesn't work, I'm going back, tail between the legs, and I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do. I need, need to do something. To so anyway, do aye, so there was nothing there. So I goes back, I, I played plays, plays against Schalke, play Schalke, and, uh, and what it was, it's called the Fuji Cup at that time. And what it was was the four teams in top uh, uh, division the previous year, Bayern, Dortmund, Schalke, and, and Gladbach. Dortmund were the champions, and uh, we played Schalke enough again. And I went walked out in the, the pitch. And, I see pre-season, I saw thirty thousand people here. It was, it was half blue and white, half yellow and black. I thought, what the hell is this? And then they all say, "Listen, I said that we game, we kind of lose." I thought it was a friendly, you know. Anyway, we lose three one. But I play all right, I play quite well. We lose to Ivan, Schalke go and play Bayern in the final. We played Gladbach. And I play against Gladbach uh, for the third and fourth thing. We think we beat them 2 0. And then the season was starting on the Saturday, the following Saturday. So I did all right. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I turned the Dortmund team. And then Thursday, Omar says, But we want you to sit, and we know your contracts agreed. We want you to stay. And then 
that was it. Away we went, and then the, the, my debut for the team was on the Saturday against Liverpool, and that's how that's how the move happened. Oh my God, man, taking that risk! Aye, absolutely. Do you know what? You, you could have took a, a ten pence and threw it up in the air and went, "Is this going to work or no?" Because I knew if that didn't work, I was coming back and thinking, "Where the hell am I going to go?" Because Mother would have. There was no way I was, I was going to buy Mother would have could have done what I've done. So I. I could have been doing what you're doing now if I, if I didn't watch one of the Believe me, you could have, you would have done better. There's no way you'd be sitting here. See but, you in the game. Sorry, what are you saying? Yeah, but that, that's, how the move, that's how the move actually happened. That's, that's, that's how it happened. I took a risk. You're right. I took a risk. See, during the, the trial games, because most of the players had just won Euro 96, hadn't they? Yeah. I was, I was honestly saying, I mean, on that bus, I thought, yeah, yeah this, is, this is big time, this. And it wasn't coming back to the training ground. He's saying, um, Dortmund do signed Paolo for you, for Juventus. Is that time. Paolo Sosa? Aye, they, they just, uh, just signed Paolo. And uh, you, um, uh, Matthias wasn't there. Matthias was, he was, because obviously the one Euro 96, so only some of the Euro 96 last played in that tournament. The other lads stayed, they got extra time off, I think. So Stefan and Andy did, Stefan Reuter and Andy Miller did. Um, I think Jurgen and Kala, Kala Riedler was, they were, they were, I mean, why they were coming. So I met them yet. So I knew, geez, I'm going to get an address room here that's full of guys that won everything in the highest, the highest game. And I, I can guarantee you, when went Peter went, oh, who's this guy, a small guy from Scotland, and see what he's got, let's see what he's got. And, the, and then it, it just uh, halfway there. But the game, the game actually, that actually um, made me feel part of them. We played against Leverkusen on the Saturday and then we were getting beat 2-0. And all Mark said to me on the Saturday, he said, listen, he said, pick up a guy called Paolo Sergio. He said, he's a number 10 Brazilian guy, you know. And this guy was, I never played against this type of player before. The guy was unbelievable quick feet. He, he jinked, he swayed, he was like, gee, where's he coming from? So I get you, I, I showed just before half time to make it 2-1. I get you half time, I say to Andy, Andy, well, I say, Andy, what, what's right and what's left? What's man on? I don't know the language here. Guys are coming for you. Red Arrows are coming for everywhere, you know. Yeah. So anyway, we could be 4-2. We were playing for two and a half on Tuesday. And, uh, and Omar said to me on the Monday, he said, if Paolo's all right with his knee problem, I'm going to play him, but I'm really happy with you how you've done against Leverkusen, but you're going to bench against Dusseldorf. I went, ah, okay, no problem. But I'm here to learn. Anyway, and, and, anyway, Morning in the game, Paolo tries a fitness test, and no fit. So I'm asking him, he said, Paul, you, you play the game. And one of the games, I swear to God, I could shut my eyes and the ball was going everywhere. It, it was right. I set up two goals. Uh, the passing was good, everything was good. And uh, and and one of the games where it was unbelievable. So I looked, Paolo, Paolo was on the bench that night, we, and on the bench that night was Riedler and, and Sosa. Uh, that was the two. So all I was making a double substitution. And uh, I turned over and I went, oh, it must be me, you know, it's going to go off. So I started to walk over and I looked at the board and I went, oh, Christ, it's not me, it's somebody else. I mean, I said, I'm never coming to this team. Then I swear to God, and I thought, nah, see if I'm going to come to this team, somebody's going to have to really put me down, you know. And then the whole thing just went, it switched. And I thought, I ain't coming to this side. And that's the way my career went. From there on in, that's exactly, that's exactly how it went. And I saw you two come off the bench and I thought, you know, it's not me. And then I became, I became one of them. Yeah. 
Was it easier playing with the good players, Lambert, than it was playing with Mother Mel and St. Martin? Oh, was it harder? Always oh, as great players make the game look easy. It's uh, they were so they were so they were unbelievably strong at the back. Yeah, they were incredibly strong. Midfield was great. Myself, Alan, and Andy was, was really strong, really good. They were all simple. It was all simple. It was all one touch, two touch. Speed, they speed on the on the on the right areas, and then two strikers up there that were on fire. Muller and behind was was the best German, best player I played behind him on. Yeah. So they were that. It was that easy to play. But I'll tell you what, it was training. We uh, we played my United in the semi, and um, Mark Ferguson phoned me up the morning of the game. He said, "Paul, I'm over. I'll see you." He's Sir Alex Muller. Oh yeah. And I knew, I knew Martin obviously my time at St. Martin, and he said, would, would you mind if I can watch training with Sir Bobby Chapman on, on the morning of the game? So I said to Mr. Hatchfield, I said, I said, I said, trainer, I said, can, can a friend of mine come watch training? I said, he said, Paul, no problem. I said, we, we don't do nothing in, in the morning of the game anyway, we just 5 2 about passing finished. So my United had beaten Porto the previous round, we beaten, we beat drawn my United at home first leg. And uh, Martin came to training and he went back to Sir Alex. Martin told me, I said, I said to Sir Alex, I said, what do they like the Dortmund team? He went, I'll tell you what, Mike Nokia's tent to go to Portuguese team, but my God, you've got a fight in your hands here because I just watched him do 5 v 2s There was no there was no, it was no fun, it was like boom, always bang aggressive, no messing around. It was always proper, proper, proper. And, and that's the way they trained. They trained like that, they never, never messed around. See, so just on Hitspell, like, was he? He's a, such a big presence, isn't he? Is he a baller and shouter or is it quite calm and collected? No, I can't. Otmar was always, always... We, we lost a cup game against uh, uh, Rob, Rob Weiss-Essen, they were called my first year there, and we get beat. And I, I, I was on the bench. It was before the last was the German Cup. I was on the bench and he put me on in extra time to beat 4-3. And I thought, he's going to come in and go crazy here. And he said, okay, she's tomorrow, lads. And I thought, wow, it's my first time. What is going on? But then he said he's back on a Sunday because the emotion is too high and players didn't want to hear maybe somebody going off their head. And that's the first time I've ever encountered that way of management because I was always used to the, the, the Scottish and British way where, where he changed that. But he was a really, really clever guy. Really clever. And to this day, I still kind of speak to him, you know. Was there anyone there that kind of changed your game a wee bit, like gave you good advice, or did you just go and play the same way you'd played at St. Man and Motherwell? No, no, I had to change. No, I, I became more, more, more defensive with that. Because at that time, German football was played by number 10s. So I, I would play against people like know, Thomas Hassler, Melvin Shaw. I played against Hadji at Galatasaray. I played against Rivaldo with Brazil. I knew the role I was getting fat in that, and he, Balakov at Stuttgart. These guys were all Daddy's wash at Bochum, all number 10s, but they were small. But similar to Little, these type of players, similar to Mirachek with, with two feet and could glide and all these sort of things. You tend to find these guys, the boys in that end of the, the pitch, they drift off your shoulder, find space, and then they go and do the damage. So my job was with Zidane, for example, people like that. Amazing. So my job was that when, when was always to be the safety valve of what's happening in front of me, that I could cover it and I could read it really, really well. So I, oh, there's no way 
I could went there and play the same as what I did with St. Martin. So Altmar, Altmar taught me that in the discipline role, how to do that. And plus, you know, you're asking, you, you learn from great players. I've I done the same. I learned, I learned a lot from them. What, uh, did you use the old Scottish mentality when you're playing that role of kick them early doors? Or was it, was it, did you need to be more clever than that? No, what, what I did find with the team that I played with that time was the same team with the players that I played with. I thought, I'm going to have to play box to bang on my game here. My A game every week to stay on my side because Stephen Foley might come in or, or, or whoever's might make it resort. They, 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 they come in and then I'll find it hard to go back in the side. Mm. So, but what it happened was the way the season was going for me, I made sure I became integral to it and I made sure that I'm going to need everything and I'll protect everything that's behind the front guys with Andy and that. And, and that's how it kind of worked. So, no, I played hard, without a doubt. I played hard, but also I knew we had to win. And you're talking about winning. I didn't want to be where you're just winning games, but you've got nothing to show for it. I might do well in the league and say, I'll finish second, I'll finish third. But that's it's a lot of bollocks, that, you know. It's a lot of rubbish. You've got to win. You've got to win. Anyway, this is amazing. I'm buzzing. Um, was there a wild moment, like, Excluding the Champions League actual final, was there a was there a game or a moment that you thought I've made it as a football player? There's been great. I was really forced to how the how how moments happened. That I, I played against Bayern. My first game against Bayern. There's been great moments. The game against Schalke. My first derby game away. We beat them three one. And uh, I never knew the significance of how big the game was. We played no girls in Kirkham. And we went there, and my God, at one stand was, was like a stand that was seen. Everybody else was standing, you know. And I thought there must have been 90,000 down there. And it was, it was a roasting hot day, you know. And uh, Schalke came down in an escalator, and we came out like that. So we would join each other. And they would come down like that. And we would, so we joined each other. And the hatred was there. And the referee stopped his figuring out, and I thought, Fancy Storm. And I played against a guy called Nemich. He's a Czechoslovakian guy, a really good player. And they went out and I couldn't see anything. That's how fog came from, you know. It was roasting that when we were in his warm up. The walks out was Dortmund were burning Schalke with white jerseys, Schalke were burning yellow and black, and the smoke just met in the middle. So we couldn't go in. I thought, I said, big. Anyway, we beat them three one. I thought, oh, brilliant, great. So the bus is getting pelted with bricks and all that as we were leaving Schalke Stadium and things like that. So, so I thought, oh, this is really good. But, but we went to play Bayern no long after in the, at the Olympic Stadium. Again, massive game, massive, massive game. And, and the ball was bouncing in the air. I'll never forget, I was on the touchline. And I was running and collect it. And I could hear well, somebody behind me. So I thought, oh, I need to try something here because I know somebody's coming. So I went back in myself and took the turn and went away. But both of my teeth went like that, me. Bang, like that, on the sideline. But I fell like that flat like on my on my face and uh, we got a fell for it and uh, to be fair he came up and then he gave me a shirt after the game we changed the shirts in the game it's that kind of moment where well maybe I've done having a bit of skill he was one of the great legendary German German players at that time so there's I look oh, there's been listen when you play for Richard Dortmund I think every game's like a one moment the crowd you love you love that you love that crowd turn didn't you yeah but the one the one with the, the when I, when I beat Hamway, I kind of, it was bouncing, I kind of flipped it back inside and it came and, and done his way, you know. Uh, but, it, I mean, you play with Richard Dortmund, he, he, 
the whole club's a loud thing. It's a, it's a loud moment to play in front of the. They call it the yellow wall now, but we were there. It was the Sioux Tribune, which is which is a massive thing. And since then, I've actually went and stood in the Sioux Tribune. I went to exa- sample it. What it was Did like. Yeah, yeah. What game was that for? I went and watched Dortmund play. I went and, I went and watched Dortmund train for about 10 days. And your game was the manager. So I, I knew you were going anyway. And uh, I went over, watched two games. And, uh, and I phoned the club over for, for tickets. And then... Um, and they asked you that could, could I come watch training? I went, I went to watch him train. Uh, and, and I said to the secretary, I said, Astra, I said, I'm, I'm coming with you. She said, Right, okay, no problem, Paul. VIP, you know, that sort of thing. I went, No, no, I don't mind the VIP for eating and all that's great. No, but I like going to the yellow wall. And she went, oh, Sure. I went, Yeah, 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 I went again. So I had my hat in that one and glass, you know, and went in and watched the game. And I was speaking to Marco Royce before that. And uh, so he did long Saturday, and, and he went, he went, I used to come and watch you. I used to stand in the yellow wall and watch you playing and all that. I went, oh, great. I said, well, fuck it. I said, I'm coming out and watch you playing. And so I went to see what it's like. You couldn't move. You, you, you couldn't physically move. It was unbelievable. It's brilliant. Have you ever got time? Go into that. Do you fans recognise you? Ah, you do, yeah. Yeah, you do. You, you never, I mean, I, I still play with the Dortmund Legends. They, they asked me to go and play in Dortmund Legends games and... We played Liverpool in Hong Kong, we played Liverpool in Dortmund, so uh, uh, they, they, the team I played with, you remember, was a special, it was a special era, you know. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, I don't want to lower the tone, but well, I always ask about nights out in here, like, see over there with the big players, after big wins and that, would it be the same as over here? Would you just go out and enjoy yourself? Did you ever have the Lider housing on? Lider housing, Nick. So that, that's no Dortmund area. It's, oh, that's that's, that's, sorry, mate. That, that's the area. So, uh, so when we won the Champions League, we, we uh, won the Champions League and we did a party that, that night and everybody was away. We had one more game left on the Saturday against Cologne. And uh, so anyway, we, we flew back to, to, to Germany or to Dortmund at the time. And, uh, there was this kind of big... HGV kind of truck where you see in the motorways, you know, these big truck things, you know. Yeah. But they decorated it in black and yellow and took the sides and that off and it was blooms and all that. I was, I was, you know, remember, I was a year ago, I was at Motherwell going, oh, what? In the mega bar. Well, uh, what the hell was going here? So yeah. we got we to this truck and they don't know what's happening. And the player said, when you see that, when you see this. So we got in there and the other lads are in it. And we step on the truck and the big beer kegs, you know. Yeah. And waiters and all that, and waitresses on the on the truck, and the music's going. We just we just come in this corner, and then it's like bang, a mass of thousands and thousands of yellow and black. I mean, oh, jeez, oh, look at this here. Anyway, and all you hear the music, everybody was hanging from the the street lamps, the windows, the trees. And I thought, oh my God, I'm right. And then the last turn and said, "Where do we get to the city centre?" And so, anyway, lads are getting tanked up, absolutely hammered. They were the Germans, you know. They made us all a game. I saw this on the Thursday with a game on Saturday. And the lads are just had a really good time. And uh, and the first time I thought to myself, I never really drank, you know, until I went there and I saw them. I thought, what the hell, they're doing something right. I'm going to try this. It's <laughs> right, you know. And uh, uh, ended up having a few cigarettes and all that, which is something I would never have done. When I saw them doing it, I thought, listen. They've won World Cups and Serie A's and Women's League. I've won Burger Rome, but you're going to try this year, you know? So, anyway, started that and uh, went back, went to the city centre 
and oh my God, you, you, you couldn't move. It was just it was incredible. It took about eight hours to get there. And they, they made a stage for us on the, on the, on the city centre. And the lads went out and lifted the cup one by one. And, and Stephen Freund was brilliant. Stephen had a bandana and the sunglasses on. And I, I don't think you see two feet in front of him, you know what I'm saying? That's a good corner, was it? Was that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we, we, um, we were having a, a night again, the Thursday night. We went for something to eat. Then went to a club after another really good uh, uh, time in there. So we trained on Friday. And Otmar said, Paul, are you, are you all right to play on Saturday? I said, ah, I said, I'm, I'm all right, I'm fine. He said, the little lads are a bit worse for wear still. So I went, ah, sorry, I'll, I'll play. So we played come one. So the party thing, the fans were thousands. And the, other blood, the, the Champions League trophy was coming down in a helicopter. That. So they were on the helicopter. We went out early before the warm-up and put the, the Champions League trophy on the penalty spot in front of the yellow wall, as you call it. Wow. And, uh, and then we all joined hands and then we took the adulation and crowd and it was just a big party from uh, from there and it was just it, it was uh, some of the guys never played because it, they were taking a lot of it. Aye. But we still won, we still we still won to we like one to to one at that time, but uh, great great times. Sensational. Let's talk about it then. Man United mm. we'll go to the semi final, Man United. Was it, uh, was it more attention on you because of the Scottish background? Did you speak to Alex Ferguson? I know you said you spoke to his brother, but... Yeah, no, I'll tell you what, and this is, uh, do you know, I've heard so many things, my United were unlucky, my United were this, and then. I knew my United as a team. I knew Roy and all that played for it and all that. Bruce Barton was another level, because the players that, you're 96, Serie A titles, World Cup titles, these guys were full of big, big game players. These guys didn't go all of my United or whoever. These guys were normal. And I became that mentality of, for me, my United, okay, let's see what happens. I knew if my United had to come to Dortmund, they had to play unbelievably well and for us to have a nightmare to beat us. We lost with three defenders that night. They never played. I think all my played Stefan in the centre of them. Stefan Royer was a right wing back. I think seven played centre half. Martin Cree played, uh, and some I can't remember who else played. Wolfgang Fierson, I think. Wasn't it three regulars? Cola, Cesar, and Samuel. That, that wasn't the back guys. And United, United lose. Uh, I think they might have lost Michael in the warm up. Yeah, they did. I mean, we scored up with twelve minutes to go. United had the post and all these sort of things. And do you know when we beat them one 0 Right in the dressing room right after it, lads were really happy. I said. If we score the old half of the game's finished, that's exactly what it says. Score the old half of the game's finished. And Roy, Roy was suspended, and I got him really well with Roy. And uh, uh, Roy was suspended at the beat, and then Lars, Lars Rickon scores after eight minutes old travel. See, then I knew that was finished. There was no way United were scoring three against us. Never in a million years. There wouldn't even be a team score three against us. Mm. And that was the mentality. It was, okay, my United is no problem. So I just came there thinking, I'm one of them. I'm no. British time player, don't make you think British to what, what, what it is. I knew exactly the general mindset. Whereas other people think, oh, my night is great, this, this. My night for us, but as another team. Just another game. Yeah. yeah. It must have been mad. That final whistle goes, as you say, 12 months ago. Mm. You did what, five, five pounds to your name, and now you're going to be in the Champions League final. Was it a pure surreal moment, I huh? When we beat them, 
at that time, or the same thing, Old Trafford had kind of uh, kicked in. And the Scotland thing now was going for me as well. That was so that, I think after the game, I came up to Scotland. I think we did an international as well uh, after that. And um, we just prepared for every game as what we did for the Champions League finals. It was the same thing. We, we trained in the morning the game at, um, at the Olympic Stadium. The thing Otmar said to me was, was Paul, if you, if, if you get the ball, you know, we played Hamburg on the Saturday and the Champions League was on the Wednesday. And Otmar came to me, pretty similar to Alex Smith done. Paul, nobody playing this game against Hamburg. The final was really important. So, I went, mean, okay, no, no problem. We played Hamburg. They beat us 2-0 on the Saturday. And the... Uh, and the, to be fair, the, the Hamburg, the, the stadium announcer says, good luck to Bruce Dortmund and Wednesday against Juventus Turin. And the Hamburg crowd gave us a good, a good reception, which was nice, you know. Right. So we, uh, and then in preparation for the game, we flew to Munich the day before the game, went and played at Munich the, uh, the, night, the night before the game. And all my come up and said, um, no, we fight me too. We game to finish with, last the team. He said, if you get the ball tomorrow, look at the back post. He said, I'm not convinced they're strong at the back post. And that stuck in my head. I mean, the, the corner came in and, and Pucci got a hand to it. And then I, think, I don't know, Giuliano maybe headed it. My first thought was to try and struggle this back into the box. And, and lucky enough, the connection was, was quite quite good through the connection. And Carla, Carla scored an unbelievable goal. Man. Did Hitsfield actually say to you, I want you to mark to Dan? Aye, yeah, because that, that was always the, whoever our team had an offensive player was myself and Paolo would change, whatever the offensive one would, would go. And what actually happened in the game that night uh, is Zidane is Deschamps and... Um, that beat is it? No, Jukovic. Jukovic played up front, but, um, uh, played midfield. Delivery was on one side. Jukovic, Zidane and Deschamps and, and Christian Berry and... Uh, Alan Bosic was up front because Del Piero was on the bench. Wow. And, uh, and I saw Zidane lining up and, I, and, I, and me and Paolo went, no, I had to change. So Paolo, me, me and him changed. And I knew, again, I said to you before, if I knew we were attacking, the biggest threat would be Zidane going to find space somewhere. So I had to think, like, where is he here? I need to watch where he's, where he's going and what he's doing. But I, what I never realised about him tall he was, he was six foot. Six foot three or something like that. And the, I thought, my this guy's big. But you go in the way because he's two feet for brilliant, you know. Believe it or not, I actually met him. I went to watch Real Madrid train and uh, I, I got introduced to him. And, uh, and Carl Angelo, he was the manager of Real Madrid. And they went over and Paul Clement introduced me to him. And uh, he knew right away when the Dortmund game, he couldn't believe that they'd lost. Because you went to that time were, were a hell of a side, you know, at, at, at that time, you know. Were you, were you the better team on the day, though? I think, that, I think what it turned they came in massive favourites. We deserved to win the game, my opinion. Yeah. Uh, they started the game really well, I remember that. And then as soon as we got the first goal and the second goal, it started to turn. And it, again, you had to, they had to be a hell of a side, which you were, to try and score three against us. But when they got the goal, we thought, oh no, Del Perro does a wee flip with his left foot. And then Lars, Lars comes on and first touch of the ball. 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mix a, mix a lot and then... You knew, I knew the answer that third goal was in. I knew it was funny because you could see their faces. Their faces just, it just dropped, you know, and that's when I knew we'd, we'd gone. Yeah. Please tell me you text Frank McAvenny after that game. <laughs> no, what, no, after the game, you get so many nice, uh, well done and things like that. And, and, and that's exactly the way, the way the game kind of went. It was just an incredible, an incredible moment, you know. I, by the way, that wee section there, that's my favourite. Part of ever doing these interviews. Uh, right, so why did you leave Borussia Dortmund then? I had the chance to sign for Juventus. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I had the chance. They, 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 an agent phoned me and uh, asked would I be interested in saying because I think Didier Deschamps was leaving. And because of the game I kind of had, maybe they thought, well, maybe we can, we can, we can look at this. And, and uh, an agent phoned us and said would I be interested. And I said, no. I said, I'm really happy. Uh, Dortmund don't need to move. Otmar had left, Otmar had went up the stairs. And a coach came in called Neville Scala. And Neville Scala was a brilliant uh, guy. He had a great Palmer team with, with Cannavaro, Benavivo, Dino Baggio, Crespo, uh, Zola, Neville, Neville, Turam, all of them guys. But Neville came in, uh, to Dortmund and uh, uh, I, I wanted to stay there because of the, the way the club was and the adulation that everybody had. And, uh, and then my son took Noel and uh, he had a thing called uh, Free Bell Convulsions. And at first, I, I never heard of this thing, you know. And I thought, he took, he took a fit, uh, I think we were in Glasgow, I think we were in Glasgow. He took a fit. No, he wasn't. We were in the house and uh, he, he was only a kid at the time. And, uh, he wasn't breathing that great, and I thought, well, what's, what, what's going on here? Anyway, we picked him up, and he was unconscious, and he was like, head was floppy and all these sort of things. I was like, wow, what's going on here? And anyway, Davos came, took him out. And then what it is, basically, a baby can't really control their temperature, so it gets too high, they'll go unconscious. And I first seen that, I thought, oh, he's a goner. And this happened, this happened time and time again. And uh, with the animals away playing football and, and how's, how's he going to cope? What, what's going to happen? And uh, we, we took a few of them journey and they took a few in Glasgow. We're in the, trying to take my shop one. We're in another island, one of the other island shows on was, they took a fit and we put them on the counter. And this, this, uh, this 
guy come up to us on my first aid or sort of thing, she'd put him on his side and all these sort of things. And at that time, I thought, oh, this is this. this is, and when it was, I said, well, how long is this going to last for? He said, well, it could last till he's five, until he starts to control his temperature. And I went, can't take the chance here. So we, we just, then Celtic came in, and believe it or not, Vim Yance, I played for Scotland up in Belarus, because Hamden was getting uh, done up. Then Vim Yance, uh, I was cleaning my boots before the game, and, and, and Aberdeen Booker and Vim Yance came in and said, uh, Would you sign for Celtic? I went, No. I am really happy in Dortmund. And Vim says, No, and Vim shut the door, you know. And he said, he's saying, I mean, no, I listen, thanks very much. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm happy in Germany. I'm, I'm, he said, no, we'd like you to come. And I said, no, it's, it's okay. No, I'm fine. So he left it at that. Didn't, didn't he? Nothing materialised, no problem. Start of the season in Germany. Everything goes good. We did well in the Champions League again. We have a really good time. My son takes another kind of fit in the, in the play farmer. And I said, okay, I need to go back. Celtic and Dortmund were talking. I said, okay, let's go back. To, and then I see what we, what we can do there. I see if we can be successful there. In the back of my mind, you had to challenge the 10 in a row thing, which, which was massive for Celtic's history. And then the, the 10 in a row title was the hardest title we saw, without a doubt, because of the pressure on it and the team that you're up against and how quick them put their team together. I mean, one season, put that team together, it's still about 10 in a row against Gaza, Lundro, McCoy's, Fergie, Gorham's. That was the hardest title without a doubt to win. I was going to say, Wim Janssen's uh, my mum's double. Cleaning the old tempos. Done that a few times. That was it. That's exactly what I was doing. I was cleaning, I was cleaning my boots in the Nike temple. That was it. You weren't allowed to clean. You weren't allowed to clean over the white Nike sign. Do you remember it? That's it. Aye, that's exactly. Standards, it. Isn't it? Standards. That's 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 what it is. That's it. Brilliant. Uh, see, at that time, Rangers were obviously making high-profile signings. As you said, Gascoigne, Loudrop. Was there any interest for Rangers in such a high-profile players yourself? I don't, I, I don't know. Uh, see, I could win. A lot of players have went to Besiktas uh, as well. At that time when you won the Champions League, put you on another level, put you on there. And catapults you um, to a level that you, you think nobody can ever take that away from you, you know. So I, I was, I think at that time, Simon, I think I could have played in any team with nothing in the face. It didn't matter who it was, because yeah. I was at that level and I didn't need to. Um, I, did, I, I, I could choose whoever I wanted. Rangers was, was, was nothing that really went like, oh, I like to sign for Rangers, I like to sign that. No, I had to do it right for my son as well, I thought it was right for him. And uh, we made that decision, and, and the, first, the first two games at Celtic was a catastrophic disaster for me. I, I couldn't help it. It's been a 1-0 defeat at Rangers, wasn't it? Aye, because Van put me on the bench, and uh, uh, he said, I know you're emotionally game, the Palmer game, and, and things like that. And the Dortmund crowd, I never expected the Dortmund crowd to do what they'd done. Nobody left the stadium that last game and people were crying in my car and they drained my car over the big banner saying, please don't go and things like that. I was horrendous and the, the banners in the stadium, don't go, Paul, and all these sort of things. I thought, and they signed my name for about, must be 15 minutes before the end of the game. Wow. And I thought, geez, what? And then at the end of the game, the guy came into his dressing room, you need to go back out, nobody's leaving the stadium, you know. I went back out and there's thousands there were singing my name and, and I stood at the 18 yard box I went, 
what I do then? How can I leave this? I was up the stairs at an anti-signed at midnight for the thing to go through or whatever it was. And I signed it and, uh, and I came back to Celtic. I couldn't get my backside for about a month. Because my head Were you in tears when you left Lambo? Ah, uh, just about, yeah. Yeah, because the wrench was incredible. There was, I saw people crying in the stadium. We used to park in cars at the training ground, which was across the road from the stadium. And I'm back to get my car at midnight. There's thousands there crying about that. Ah, this is incredible. This, this is, and, and they put a big banner over my car, please don't go. And, and it, was, it was terrible. It really was. And I thought, this, what am I doing? And I came back to Celtic and, uh, at that time. And you're right, the Rangers game, uh, they beat us 1 0. And then Dunn put me in against Mother. And we lost again. I thought, I ain't playing anywhere near what I should be here. I just, because my head was still in Dortmund, the motion was just in Dortmund, what was going on. And I thought, no one help. And then Celtic, the, the League Cup final. Yeah. And then came and he said, listen, I'm, going to, I'm, I'm not going to play in the Cup final. I went, don't worry about it, no problem. I'm not playing well enough to play. Go with what you think. And hopefully the team won. I said, don't worry about it. I said, I know I'm not playing well as, as what I should be here. And, uh, and then slowly, surely, the wheels started to turn. And the emotion thing started to leave, and, and everything like that sort of thing started to, to leave. And then uh, I think the big turning point for me was the goal against Rangers. So, what I want to ask is, and I want you to be totally honest, did you know that Henrik was going to be as good as he was the first couple of weeks you were in there? No, no. Listen, I. You've got to remember after maybe unbelievable strikers in Dortmund, yeah. with Maitland and there. so Muller. To see, Andy Miller's the best player I've ever played with, without doubt. And, and I, I just come into the, the place thinking, okay, I'm in Celtic. I've played at massive clubs before. It's not a problem for me to step in here and play. It'd be easy for me here. So, the only thing I had to do was find my feet. And, I, and, the, and Henrik, the, I knew we back to training and how he was. And I just viewed Henrik as a, as a, as a teammate, like I did with other guys. So, I, I never. Thing with that. And when Henry broke his leg, I think in Leon, uh, I think he broke his leg in Leon. And then yeah. he did. I think he came back a bit of a player after his leg break. I know that's a silly thing. Yeah. I think he'd be coming back a bit of a player without a doubt. And then he seemed to be a yard quicker, he seemed to be jump higher than what he did. He seemed to came, came stronger. I mean, having a really good understanding, which I think the two is appreciated each other's games, yeah. how, how they were. You asked me a question earlier, is it easy to play with great players? Yeah, and he, he was the same. Great, great, great player to, to play with. And, 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 how soon did you kick, hit it off though? Because my abiding memory is when I first came in to say it, it was you and him playing pool every morning. I think, we, do you know, I think we just clicked. I think we just clicked. I think the mentality was lots of the same. Hey, Robert. Uh, it was just one of the ones that I seemed to know what he was sort of thing yeah. and vice versa you know what I mean it was, it was one of the kind of things that, I had the same kind of rapport with Andy not really with Andy was in front of me I could just knock it when he had one and two touch anyway, would be would be the same you know I just knew I think it was I think it was a lot of respect for each other I think that was a big thing it was a lot of respect for each other on the pitch who won that pool? Because I remember you used to market as well. Who, who won it then? 
I swear to God, that was, uh, that was unbelievable. Do you know that? Was, I used to play Andy Moore at head tennis every morning, right? In the basement of Dortmund, right? And it became unbelievably competitive, proper competitive. And that pool became the exact same. And do you know what it was for? Yeah. It was too many coffee in the morning. And the two used to go, I see if I lost. I'm like, fuck. He'd be the same. He'd walk out making coffee in the morning. And me, Angie, got rest up. Uh, uh, you remember the wee uh, laundry room? Uh, just, just, that's where we, we used to make the tea. And uh, it was every, every morning that was, I swear to God, every morning we used to go in there. But I think that was in the pool we had with each other. And I, when you're kind of big players, that tends to, tends to feed off. Right, I take it he won then because you're not telling us who won. Um, nah, nah, listen, there's no name of my series players with it, bro. Angie was a hero, I loved her. Ah, she was, uh, God say, what a diamond. I, I swear to God, it's, um, it's unbelievable. Uh, Jesus, what, what, what a woman she was with us. She was absolutely brilliant. You probably know your story. She was brilliant, God rest her, you know. And I'm not sore. I couldn't get to the funeral because of things here. Uh, but I went up and saw her and, uh, before she died. Because I never knew. Uh, a, real, a, real, a real tragic, tragic day that was. Would you and John Clark ever wind each other up about the European medal? Go and get your mail, get your mail. Uh, uh, no, do you know what, John, uh, uh, I think if I've never won it, I think they will probably treat me a little bit different. Do you know what Because I'd won it, and I never really broadcast it, because it's the same before, it's, it's, just, a, it's just a memory. But I don't, nobody can ever say anything to, to you about no winning it. And I joined the other Western Lions. You became bumped, like, like that sort of thing, you know, yeah. and, and even when I met, we Jinky and all them guys, and Brian Bully and all that. And great, great guys. Uh, with, uh, I think there was a, I think there was a mutual respect there. I, I, I think that's what it does. To you. you get a lot of respect. Amazing. Uh, you, talk, you spoke about that goal, the two 0 win over Rangers, was a turning point. Would that be uh, the best goal you scored for Celtic? Because I felt it, wasn't it? Do you know what? No, it wasn't. The best goal I scored for Celtic was uh, it was probably a week after against Muddle. And they would do one each at the third part and had it for, from further out and they, they had the top corner at Mullow. But the Rangers game, the significance of the Rangers game was tenfold. If we only won that, if we only won that game, I think we've lost it. I think they went on a, on a run with it. And I think that night, the noise was deafening that, that night, you know. And as I said before, the, the team that they had was an incredibly strong side. I mean, they, they, they matched it up. Hardness and brilliance with the guys that they had. What we had was an incredible team spirit and, and, and really, really good players to, to compete. Whether we had a squad big enough to do it, I wasn't so sure. If you get injuries, where they could have been, I don't know, McCoy Stewart or Negri in or yeah. Gazan, Ferguson, McCullough. So the Rangers team at that time was, was powerful. And that, that night, when uh, Craig scored a really good goal, that night, I think Jackie played a brilliant ball and Craig scored. Uh, and I thought, you know, if we just keep this, we get a clean sheet here, we won it. You know, and I knew then that the title was starting to become a bit edgy what way it was going to go. And then the second one, obviously, the, the one that comes, and I just thought, I'm just going to, I'm just going to hit this. But I knew since I left my foot, I knew. I knew. 
See when you're saying that about the atmosphere being electrifying, even though you played for such great fans, is it still one of them that the first set like Rangers game when you hear an atmosphere like that, it still takes you by surprise? It, it, it didn't take it by surprise. It, it's the uh, it's the ferocity of it. It's, it's the ferocious we are. Whereas it's just a, an absolute bang, cold and annoyed, you know. And if you keep a cool head in them, you'll be all right. You know what I mean? You'll be you'll be fine. If, if you if you start to lose your emotion in that that game, you can end up the car. You're doing ten men. Then the, the mayhem starts. So if you kind of keep a cool kind of base head, you get through them. But the noise of the thing is brilliant. And, and if you win them, like, it's, it's brilliant. When you lose them, no so great. Mm-hmm. But when you win it, especially in that year, because that year was, um, we knew the tenor was hanging over us. We knew that. And, and I remember meeting some Celtic fans up in Glasgow and said, just, just try one as a week. We need to throw this tenor row. This is horrendous. And the pressure on the guys was 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 horrendous. It, was, it, was, it wasn't a nice pressure. That much for sure. Uh, the week before you could have stopped the ten, contained a late equaliser to Dunfermline. Well, what was the what was the squad's reaction to that? Did you try and keep everyone calm? Dunfermline Dunfermline's stadium was was a terrace, and I don't think you could have fitted anybody else in that stadium in there. It was uh, honestly God. It was it was thousands in there. And it was jam-packed, it was, it was terracing, it was standing, it was an unbelievable atmosphere. And I think, uh, I think he made put Simon to think, me Simon scored. Sure thing, Dominic scored. And uh, one down, it was ballistic, the flags and that were going, and I thought, my God, because we knew Rangers had, uh, had lost the commander, and we knew if we'd won it on that day, we would have got it. And, uh, Simon scored, and then they, they, they put a long ball in for a free kick, and the boy heads it, and it loops to a goalie, and the deflation was like, like that. But we also knew we had one more chance at Parkhead, and it was, it was just that moment, one more crack at, at home. And we just took that at the start of the season, you'd have, you'd have bigger hand off it. Mm. You knew Rangers, Rangers winning faltered many more times, I don't think, on, on, that, on that score they had, you know. Was that as nervous as a week you've had, that build-up to that last game? See, the build-up to the last game, we, we um, done the same as well. We trained at Parkhead, and the training was horrendous. Horrendous, we were, we were terrible. And the last were arguing, and, and, and done, uh, done stopped it. I think actually Murdo pulled everybody in and said, I'm waiting for it's a disgrace, you're not performing, and training's terrible. And Dunn stepped in and says, listen, lads, how shall I go home? Tomorrow, it was that bad, and everybody went home. It was maybe the Wednesday or the Thursday. They sent us home, and we came back in. So, she's tomorrow, another fresh, fresh mindset. We came back in, and then training went, went up again. It was great, it was buzzing around. And then, I, I think after that, everybody knew that if we get the first goal on, on, on the Saturday, we, we'd go and win it. And that, that's that's the way it went. Is that where Wim Jansen was good? Just reading the players' body language and, and yeah. what we needed. Yeah, he was really calm. I mean, he can't even play in the World Cup final, 74. Mm-hmm. Played in big games, played with big, big players. Really calm guy. And I think that was a big, big moment in that week to say, no, that's not good enough. She, don't worry about it. She's let her go home. And just send her brother home. Uh, can you lose it? Can I not forget to pretend it's Celtic Park that day? And it was about me here, uh, the way it was going. And he went, no, no, 
just just go home and then see his next day and, and hopefully we we go and prepare the right way and, and, and win that title. Right. Uh, just memories of the day in the celebrations. You know it's a good day when Bratback scores, didn't you? Joe you know, Harold came. Harold came with great reputation. He scored so many goals for uh, Rosenberg in the, in the Champions League. Mm. And Peter you know, was quick. I mean, really, I mean, he was, he was, he was bubbly like that, Harold. <coughs> nice, nice guy as well, really nice guy. And, and scored a pivotal goal at that, at that time. You've got to remember when, the many moments with the pressure on it, the support on it, and all eyes on you, whether it was 50,000 at that time or whatever it was, you, you've got to show up. And Harold tucked it in. And, and right for him, it was a nice lad who I thought took a wee bit unfair criticism with, with a lot of stuff. But uh, that day, the noise, the noise that day was because one stand wasn't finished. Mm. Um, the the I the goal wasn't it? Yeah, uh-huh. it wasn't. It wasn't finished, and the and the noise that day, with the pressure, you thought it would pray. That's why that day was the hardest for, for a few reasons. They take that day was the hardest because Celtic's ten in a row history was massively at stake. And you're talking. Jimmy Johnston, John Clark, Jockstein, Billy McNeil, go through them all. We had to try and protect all that for all the guys as well, as well as, as having the pressure of, did you buy me on as a team that lost 10 in a row? That would have happened, even though what happened before the previous big guys when they would get any criticism, it would a team in 98 would have been up for that because that, that was a team that, that never, never stopped the, the 10 in a row. No, in this modern day either, the modern day Rangers players have got the exact same as what we've got, what we had. If they're good enough to do it, I'm not so sure. See, although you'd only been there a year, would you be saying these things to the players? We, we were, I, I was always kind of calm anyway, because of my experience in Dortmund. And I, knew, I, I remember Van used to say to me, if you see it on the pitch, change it. So he yeah. gave me that, yeah, yeah, he gave me that responsibility because he knew that I'd probably been here. And I could see things on the pitch. If you see him because of the noise, you change it. Change it, you know. So he gave me that responsibility on, on these certain things at times, you know. So, which was great. But I always kind of had a last, last thing of the cool head. I had a cool head, Jackie, Boydie. We were all calm. We were never really erratic. Uh, well, most erratic one was probably Stefan May. Stefan was. was, was oh, uh, oh, for God's sake. Yeah, a good guy, but uh, pretty, pretty crazy guy at a certain time. We, we predominantly, we were big players, but playing big, big games, you know. It wasn't as if we were like, they were over 50,000. We were big players that could play in front of big, big games. And Alan Stubbs was on here. He told us that the team spirit, as you mentioned as well, that, that was Thursday nights in the tune and that. Were you, you wouldn't have been involved in that, would you? I think, do you know, that's what's good about the whole place. We were, we were incredibly strong dressing them, you know, and, uh, and um, if everybody was out, we felt so many, all the guys. Oh, yeah. You, you don't have that. I don't think you can have, when you have a successful dressing, you've got to go together with you, with you, um, with you, with you thing. And so yeah, I think that was the first. Now, that was my second cigar after the game. And I'll never forget, Paul McStay came in and he dressed him after the game. And uh, I was going to I was I maybe one or two others hanging around. And Paul came in and uh, he went, Can I just see, see your hand? And I said, Brilliant. He said, Really happy. And he, and he walked back out. Yeah. And, and Paul would say, 
it was, I think if you ask anybody, it was one of the greatest, great Celtic midfielders, without a doubt. And to get, to get that from him was, as if to say, well done. Who'd you have a cigar with? Wim? Do you know what? I don't know. Do you know what? I think there's a picture somewhere eh, going around that I'm sitting with a big cigar. I see that never ever smoked these sort of things until I went and played in Germany. Mm-hmm. And we're one of the things, and my, that's what one does, you know, it gives you that that eh, platform to, to have that, you know. So, did you have any idea that Wim was going to leave? Uh, how did that go down with the players? He told me. He told me before he was going. Uh, he, he told me we went. I think we went to Portugal, uh, and he said, "Paul, I'm going to go." And it went down ridiculous. Everybody thought, "Oh my God, we've just won the title here. We've been a really, really strong leader side." And he told us in Portugal. But he told me before he told the lads that he was uh, he was going to leave. And I thought, oh, "My God, this is just to be a disaster here." And sure enough, he, he stopped his word. He left, but again, he'll be forever known as the guy, the manager that stopped that 10 in a row, which was incredible. Do you think if he stayed, Celtic could have went on and won two and three, four in a row? Yeah, he'd have needed help for the upstairs to make us better, because I think we would still fall short in Europe. Without a doubt, the team wasn't strong enough for for Europe. And everybody wants Europe. That's Everybody wants it. We were on the, we were the really good side against that. And Rangers were going to change as well. They, they were going to change, so the, the team needed help, and Miller was going to get that. I'm not so sure. What did uh, What did Doctor Joe know of that Wim that Wim had? Do you know? I thought it was an incredibly looking back, an incredibly tough situation for for Joseph. I mean, he, he was a lovely guy, really nice guy. I, I think he came and tried his best to to um, to, to keep the fortunes there. We won the strong, we didn't really invest, we didn't really kick on as a, as a, as a team or as a club. But what he did there was, he told me one day, we were doing a Cameron House, and he said, have you ever heard of the guy, Lugo Mandarchik? And I went, no. Nah. He said, he played with Duisburg. He said, the time you were in Germany, I said, I said, Joseph, I've never heard of him. I said, I don't know. He said, uh, he said he's, he's 33. He said, I'm going to be bring him. I said, well, uh, you're the manager. Hopefully it works. And the Liverpool's first game was, was against Rangers, he scores two. And, and my God, it, he's one of the most two-footed players that I saw. And where I asked the question is, where was Liverpool when he was 25 and 26 and 24? And why did they never have the heights that his ability should have been? Because he came to us and the, and the wee guy was, was absolutely fabulous with both feet. That, both feet, was, you couldn't tell what was his strongest foot. The only thing he tested is dudes running from a lot of yeah, I was going to say that. Which <laughs> is, uh, uh, yeah, but my God, you're talking about a bully. Remember he sat on the ball? Aye. I was telling tell my story the other week there. Somebody he took the corner for the right and he took it to the left. And he came back and he tapped to his backside. Brilliant. Absolutely. I mean, he scored a goal at Easter Road one day. That, my God, I was right behind it. We took a short free kick. I mean, that, that ball just... It was that narrow, you know. Terrific, terrific player. Yeah. Uh, see, when John Barnes came in, were you a wee bit excited? Obviously, massive name, young, up-and-coming manager. Or were you a wee bit worried to fade it, fade it off? The only thing gave me a concern would be, would be... I don't think anybody can ever underestimate the power of Celtic. You can't underestimate it. 
it needed somebody big to handle the club, I think, besides uh, uh, and, and you, the club was around. It needed a big, a big manager. I, I'm not sure whether John realised a bit. And, and, but to be fair, I think his first eight games won eight. We were right in it. And then my son Henry got injured with about the same time. And, we, and then me and Henry were at the, the Inverness game. And then it kicked off. It kicked off from there. And we, we, uh, we thought, dear, dear, I'm not sure he's going to survive this, you know. And I think the, I think the, I think the job was at that moment no right. It, was, it, needed, it needed a big personality at that time to take on Rangers as well. I think it was Alan Stubbs that said on here his, his man management wasn't a great. Would you have went along with that? I think it's because it's inexperience. Yeah. I think inexperience is, 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 a, is a dangerous thing when you when you get a huge football club. At any club, do you remember when you, when you, when you put your football boots away, mine's a totally different game. There's a great saying by Brian Clough uh, everybody thinks when they retire and take their football boots off, they can, they can manage. You tend to find there's a lot of more difference than that. We just go into a dressing and saying, OK, we do this, we do this, we do this. It never worked. So the, the, the club was in size. I knew the size of the club. I thought the club was, was playing dangerously with these sort of things. That season you lost your teeth. Yeah. Yeah. You take Burnley in the team photo together. Do you know the reason? The reason that... And I, and I, Funny enough, I, see, I met Gilby when he was up at Middlesbrough, and uh, uh, we um, try to think we lost four two. I think one and two nil at the time. But Gil, Gilby was it was a bag of nerves that night that day. And I remember somebody had a shot in the yard, and the ball was going miles by and sell it, sell it, and he dived outside his post and caught. I said, I said, Gilby, calm down. I said, sorry, but he, his nerves are away. And I said, you know the reason I lost my teeth, girl? Because you were having an absolute shiter and Albert was going to hit it. And I knew if he hit it, he was going to score. <laughs> That's to try and block it. I blame that. Bam for uh, that he, that he, he done that, you know. And uh, but if you go back to the Angels games, it was, it was, it was shit and bust. You, you've got to win. You, you have to win games against them. You have to win titles against them. That's the nature of the, the Glasgow goal up there, the goal first goal. You have to run. That's what I really expect for uh, Celtic players. Because you have to go and play in front of that every, every single time. Uh, well, the second was, uh, obviously you said the Inverness game, was the atmosphere toxic around the place at the time? Was Big Viduka, was he off on one of her? Oh, Big Mar was a fabulous player. So, I mean, he, he, was, he, he, was, he was a brilliant striker to play with. Um, I thought him and Larson were brilliant, Viduka. Uh, uh, People can see how they want to see about being lazy or whatever, but I tell you what, still level phenomenal. And, and that 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 night, Henning and I were injured. We came down the stairs at half time uh, or, or full time, and we had this rollicking, making them dressing, you know, but it wasn't your place to go into a dressing. We weren't clean, we weren't fit. And uh, it wasn't until the next day, I think one of the newspapers had a cartoon on it. What actually stage by stage what happened in the dressing room, you know? Mm. So we thought, we, I never, I think we did a get together after and said, What the hell? What's going on? just sneaking out here, right? They've got it word for what was happening in this dressing room. So what's, what's somebody speaking out? I'm telling you. And uh, we tried to nail it, what, what it harmed, and uh, Big Mark took a shot off, whatever it was, and Gildy got involved, and 
it was mayhem. And that's when you know it's, it's broken. You know it's not going to come back. And then obviously Kenny, Kenny took over for the remainder of the season and John Bay. You knew there was something wrong in dressing room because you could hear that. You wouldn't want to punch off Big Viduka, would you? He's a big boy, eh? He's a big, uh, he's a big lad, big man, but tell you what, incredible, incredible football, great striker. Right, you're saying that you need a big name, a big personality to come and manage Celtic. Was he the perfect man to come, Martin O'Neill at that time? Oh, without a doubt. One million percent. We needed, we needed a manager. It's something to run in the club, without, without a doubt, to, to pull the club together. And he came in, and I'll never forget his first meeting. Uh, but, but, uh, he knew he needed strength, without a doubt. And then his first meeting, I'll never forget his first meeting, he had this old, old kind of, uh, the, 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 the little lounge, remember, just off the dressing rooms, yeah. the in there. And he pulled everybody in, and we finished 21 points when Rangers, which was diabolical. It was never good enough. We weren't good enough. That, that was the bottom line. And people can dress up how they want. The bottom line, we weren't good enough. And we needed better players to help. We had to get rid of the, the not so good ones, to be brutally honest. Mm. And they came in, and, and they, uh, for a couple of reasons, because the club demanded success. The club had to have success. Was your present squad good enough to do it? No. A few of the lads were, but they needed help. And he came in and he, he, he said, well, tell me what happened last season, last season, well, not good enough, 21 points behind Rangers, it's not going to be good enough. And I'll forget it, he said, I'll tell you what, he said, I'm going to keep the better ones at the club and I'll bring better ones in to help you. The rest of you might struggle. And that's exactly what happened. Exactly what happened. And I see me say that, I thought, eh, we've got one here, that this guy could, could help us here. And him and Romo and Wally came in and they and were absolutely brilliant for that club at that time. To take on a dawn in Rangers force as well, with, with Advocate either, uh, to do it, because uh, they were spending big as well. And what turned that season for me was it was the was the six two again. That's what turned it and then the whole the whole pendulum swung in their favour. And then we became the dominant force for that few years uh, with it. So but we needed, we, without a doubt, we needed somebody not to take any shit. Somebody to, to lead us to, to use that feeling of this is what's going to happen, lads. And it was, it, it was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I, I remember you and him were proper tight. Like, did, he, did he take to you straight away? He was, he was always giving me, I think, again, I think the respect level. I think that was it. That was the thing. It was the respect level. And, they knew I would never hide on, on the pitch. I wouldn't hide off the pitch. I was a captain in the club when, when Boyne started to, to, to leave it. So I think it was a mutual respect there, I think, as well. I think, I think again, I say that the Champions League catapulted yeah. you into that, that thing. He'd done it himself. The gaffer, you know, he'd done it himself. Well, and what was it? Just a mentality? I want to win because I remember watching you training and then every day was like a, a World Cup final, wasn't it? That's what it should be. That, that, that's why Mr. Dortmund was. For me, I was used to this. You have, you have to make training brutal to make the game easy on a Saturday. You know? So yeah. that's why we viewed it. And we, I hated, and I'm pretty sure everybody else was the same, I hated when training was slack. I hated when things weren't right. I couldn't go up. It just wasn't a standard that we should have been, should have been having. We had to be buying on our money all the time. And if the training wasn't good, then then people get their fingers pointing. You, you, you probably came up with us a, a few times and 
probably went, Jesus, this is, this is a bit crazy, this. And absolutely folded. Um, <laughs> how, did that on you? how did he get that aura around him? How come you, there was that fear factor? Well, what was it? Just, just the wee quirks, the wee, strangers, the wee strange things you had about him? I, I think there was a few, a few things. I mean, I, we, um, uh, I think there was a, I think there was a massive respect for everybody because of what he'd done as a player as well, and, and, and what he was doing at Leicester as well, and things like that. So there was that respect, instant respect. But the way, the way he came in and, and his persona with everybody and how he, he looked after us. By the way, he would tell me if you want to do that. That, that was, um, that was. Fact, was that people used to say, "Well, did he give you Rollins?" No, he never. Because he, because the team, the team won. He, he never really gave anybody a role. I have never seen the gaffer. But after by joining, the one at hand, which is well documented, he, he, he put it by joining his backside, you know. And uh, but he quite rightly so because you can't have a player when he dictated, you know. And, and John would probably say that yourself. So, but you can't have a goal. Most people, the gaffer never. He, he was because we won it and. and yeah, he would tell a wee, but nothing would be of. Don't say I would say would be. Um, I remember we played. Uh, I think we played Rangers Liverpool, Rangers Liverpool in a row, you know. Yeah. And uh, I played against Rangers at Hamden, and it was a really good game, whatever it was. And uh, he left me in the Liverpool game at Parkhead, and Rommel came in the night before. Oh, sorry, the night of the game, and he said, Lam, we'll see the gap. I said, I said sorry, Rommel, I'll go and see him. And I knew it was coming. And I just opened his door and he went, Bob's. I went, yeah, don't worry about it. Forget it. Let's go and win the game. Henry came back for his goal. John scored, scored the goal. I think it was, was it 1-0 one each. We played James again at Parkhead and Saturday. I think we beat him. And I did a really good game. Then we played Liverpool at Anfield. He said, I need to see you uh, before the game. <clears throat> before the game at, at Anfield. And I, I, went, I went, see if it's a lean route against Liverpool at Parkhead. I said, don't worry about it, Gal. I said, I'm used to big time football, don't, don't worry about it. And he went, no, I appreciate it. And, uh, and if I ever get in an argument with my trough or leave me at all, that, that was his job. His job was difficult enough without being here or, or the game of Liverpool. And uh, we played the um, Liverpool, we beat him 2-0 at Anfield. And he said, I need to see you the following day. I said, I can't. I said, my daughter's getting born therefore. He said, he said, we're waking up to Inverness. He said, I'll tell you what, son. He says, don't bother coming out to Inverness. He said, make sure your daughter's all right. I went, Brown Garden. He said, I'll see you. So my daughter was born and uh, I was leaving the hospital. And I was driving the back and, and I heard, uh, and here's the score from Inverness. Inverness 270 or something. And I went, Jesus Christ, that's going to be me. Getting back in the morning, the gaffer walked in the cord and I was just about to say morning. I thought he was going to say, how's your kid? I went, morning, <laughs> right by me, you know. Yeah. But it was brilliant because then a day later, see how's how's the wee one, how's it all right and all that. But it was just his aura that he had. Well, you know, and, and was great managers about that, and he, he was certainly he was certainly great, or still is a great manager. But what was it about that team? Because even like when Barcelona used to come, like see, being a young kid, that we would always talk, be like, we'll probably beat Barcelona the night at Celtic Park. Yeah. What, what was that? Because I think the expectancy level quite really hangs over the club. That's why. But also because we knew how good the players you were as well. I uh, we we that's what I'm saying, we big players. Big players win your trophies, big players do the right things. Big players know how to win. 
And that, that's what happens. They marshal the dressing room, they look after everything, they, they point your finger when it's no going right. And you're right, you're saying about the treble. The treble year was, was an era where, it didn't matter who came to Parkhead, Juve, Porto, or Rosenberg, or Stuttgart, Valencia, they all turned over mm. because the atmosphere in the stadium, the players on the pitch that took no nonsense with it. And you, and you left the marker. You leave your marker on the, on, on the game. You don't go there and you're know, shrinking violent and go, do you know what? This is great to play against Lenska or Bayern or whoever. You, you want to go and win. Because the Celtic support demanded it. And I think when you're, when you're a player there, I'm pretty sure as a manager, you have to win. You have to win no matter. Because the amount of rubbish that people want to write about you up there or, or talk about you is, is, is vast. So you have to win. How, how did you find capturing a guy like Sutton? Because did he know he used to think, say before games, are we going to get beat here today or do you know, Sonny could have told me it was dark outside and I wouldn't believe him, you know. I, 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 didn't, I, I didn't bother uh, uh, with that. Because, as I said before, I was, at the, I was at the highest level of Europe. For me, it was no an issue. I heard Sonny talk, 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 whatever. And it was not a problem. He was part of the banter. Was it my kind of banter? No, probably wasn't he. But that, everybody going well, do you know what I mean? My thing was, always wanted to win. And I wanted to. The biggest, the biggest regret I've ever got is no one in the year for cup. Mm-hmm. And I don't have too many regrets in football, but that's, that's the biggest one. So it'd be nice to have two European medals or one of medals. But that, that's, uh, I think the support deserved it as well. But we, we never turned up. That, that's the that's best cool. uh, We'll start in Blackburn. Uh, remember, Sunes saying men against boys. Yeah. Is that something that was used? A uh, dangerous game, man. D- dangerous game. But, uh, again, I think if you ask people who've been part of an old firm year, whatever year it is, because every, every year is different. Number one, you have to be a right player. Number two, you have to prepare for criticism and, 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 and scrutiny in your life. Three, you have to stand up to the old firm, which is incredible. I, I think one time you played Rangers, maybe been 16 this season with the Cubs. They old firm games are excruciating at certain times. So anybody who's been involved with old firm know what it's like to, to play for the club. You might think, well, it's playing out in Scotland and all those sort of things. But I'll tell you what, you have to be a big player to wear the jersey, that's for sure, because, because the criticism can be, can be severe. And I think Graham probably, Blackburn to be fair to him, are better than us at Parkhead. And um, the way we never, we never get going at all. We did to Blackburn. But what I always felt with the Celtic team, we could always score away from home. Always. We, we had a on, on this sort of form and all that. We'd always look at scoring, scoring away from home. And I always felt if we scored back in it, the same at Anfield, the exact same. Yeah. We, we, could, we could always score. It didn't matter what ground we went, I think we could always score. One of my favourite stories I've heard on here, Petrov was on saying that before the Liverpool game, they were playing with a three in the middle of the pitch. And you were playing with a three, and you pulled the other two and says, you take him, you take him, and I'll take Gennard. that right? Yeah, I, I think it was just Stan that says that story. Is it Stan? Stan told that story on you, and I, I love that. Uh, and I think that when, you, when you're in that midfield environment, and then and obviously it's three against three in there, and just the way it was in the way the game, the game was transpiring, I thought, well, if we take care of each individual here, 
Now Steve will never probably go his way. I'm not probably a great side of that time as well. But again, it wasn't enough that I don't think we were ever phased by it, you know. I'm not speaking person, but I'm pretty sure Stilling and, and uh, Lenny and that were, were, they boys would have, would have praised it as well. They were, they were great. That was another great midfield three to play Lenny and Pez. So it was absolutely brilliant. And the, for anybody to beat us, had to be, again, had to be really on an A game as well. It's, no many teams did turn us over, you know, in that, in that era, you know, they were so strong, it was incredible. See, even though you were that age, like, coming to the end of your career, did you still fancy yourself against anyone on your day, huh? I always do. I, I always did. Um, because of what had happened in Dortmund. The, the new yeah. last week, what changed? The whole mentality changed. The whole mindset changed. The matter who I was playing against, no matter what I was up against, it, it didn't phase me who, who, who I was going to play. Did I look at anybody in the tunnel? No, nah, not really. So I knew more than the level, more than ability that, that I, could, I could handle it. I could handle my own. That would be absolutely no problem for me. So that, but even playing with Lenny and Stalin and Tom and Dini, it was a strong midfield fight at that time. It was, it, was, it was an incredibly strong, strong Celtic team with great ability. What about standout moment on the road to Seville? No, take the final away. What's your standout moment? Poor. I would say Anfield. I would say the Anfield result was was huge for us because that that night was incredible, an incredible support doing it itself. And, and the way we done it, I think was great. Because everybody thought, well, Liverpool got the way goal, they're going to be strong in the Anfield. But you, you can never ever underestimate Celtic. Never could just because of the tradition and the the history of score. And, and at that time, I said I'll say it again. They were a match. They were a match for most teams, without a doubt. Just a match. It's never. It's the only day game it's available, and that's what ultimate cost is. Did Martin O'Neill ever give a, a, an inspirational team talk, or throughout the whole time was it just come and read the eleven names and walk out? He done that a lot of time because yeah, the team picked itself. I think the one at Anfield. Uh, I think he, he was very good. Knowing Boston lads are good enough to get a goal here. And that gave us a belief as well. But it was very, very... wasn't too many words from, from the gaffer before we went out because he, he had a point with one or two uh, words that could hit us. And, uh, and then you think, do you know what? I'm going, you're, you're running through a wall for him. That's, that's the way his management was. You would think, I'm going to run through a wall for this guy. And, and because he was great, he was great with us. And then it was after when you won, he'd always grab you as a... You could obviously tell there was some inspirational words. When you won games, I always remember him grabbing you and saying stuff in your yeah. ears. It, it, was, it, 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 could make, it could make you feel like Pelly. So I remember making a tackle on the. Uh, he first came, I remember making a tackle. Um, he played West Ham at Parkhead, I think it was his first year. And then Buchanan had the ball in the corner flying. All I've done is make, make a tackle and I played a five yard pass. That was all done. And they came in at half time. Well, at the end of the game, he, went, he looked over his glasses and went, he went, you son, he said, you. He said, that was absolutely brilliant. I'm thinking, what's he talking about? He said, the attack on the five-yard pass. Went, Normal that is. But it made you feel like that, you know, as if yeah. I've done something really, really brilliant there, you know. And I think it got to a stage where this girl never shouted into either, yeah. Obviously, do you think the Kilmarnock game kind of hung over you before Seville? 
no, I don't, because I, I think the commander game, we were, we were outstanding. We, we absolutely flew the traps. The atmosphere of the stadium was incredible. We flew the traps. We, we did great. We got a few goals up. And then I think, you can credit from wrong here, I think Tomo, did Tomo score a penalty? Missed a penalty? Yeah, he scored one and then missed one, that's right. Aye, and, and you, sometimes you kind of know how another team's doing and you don't hear a noise from other, other supporters. Whether Rangers scored six or whatever it was, could, could Celtic and Rangers that year score, score six or seven goals against anybody? They could have, absolutely. Because two teams were really, really good. And, and especially being at home at Parkhead or, or Rivals. That, that was feasible back in half. The, team, the two teams had to go head to head and score uh, an avalanche of goals. Y- yeah, I can see it happen. Did Kamal lie down? No, they never. They get turned over by, by the Rangers. Did we, did we do enough to beat Kamal? We've done enough to beat them. Yeah. We just didn't, didn't score as many as what we, we tried. But we, we gave it. I remember we did an incredible hard game, obviously, in Seville. And then the hangover for that, the emotion of that, affected it. It probably affected everybody. Subconsciously, it did affect everybody. See, just on Seville, Lambo, like, with Martin O'Neill, he's never done shape or that. Was that, was that not a done thing back then? Good players don't make it. That's the secret. They, 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 everybody knows. You wouldn't remember that the gaffers came in and he's possibly taken, I don't know, maybe 18 internationals. So, the footballers now want to get handball to learn things. Yeah, in our era, we could play the game. Did I win the Champions League by getting shaped and all that? No, I knew the game. I knew the game as an individual and I played with great, great players and, and everything follows suit. And people were talking about that, doing, doing shape and that. I think people hide behind that to make an excuse for when things don't go right. I've never done shape. Or, hang on a minute. If you don't pass the ATB, then you've got a problem. Yeah. In the first place, you know, and so great players fit into any any uh, any role. Without a doubt. I mean that that goes without saying. But did you watch Porto? Like, did you know the philosophy of Jose Mourinho? They win at all costs, the ball go down easily. Did you know all this before the game? You, you knew uh, yeah. I think I think you knew that anyway. I mean I would played against a few Portuguese teams, I played against the national team. Uh, as well, so I knew they take a pleasure technique were very, very clever. That and that portal side that you had to be fair to them were a right good side, really good side. We, as I say, we, we just never we just never turned up to to win that, you know. How how soon into the game could you tell we are not on it today? I d I didn't think the fluency was there right right for the off. We I know uh, Henry done brilliant the two goals. I don't think we were the way we were in the previous round, you know, I don't think we was as fluid. But again the heat was excruciating, the heat, the pitch was terrible. The, the grass wasn't a great a new laid pitch and you could still see the seams on the on the grass, the turf. But the heat was 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 absolutely incredible and, and I say I just don't think we brought a league in. And I and I think I think we be realistic of it that I just think we fell short. But see, when you're saying that, trying to get your flow going and they're play acting quite a bit, does that hinder you trying to get your, your game going? Uh, do you know what? No, I, I, I think when you're an international player, 
you go to a different countries, you get used to it, so you have to go, okay, it's part of their, their game. Yeah, the time wasted when they score, they run maybe five miles behind the goal to celebrate, you think, Jesus Christ, come on if they do something, you to pull them back. But I guess they, 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 they were professional. So if they wanted to run five miles behind the goal and celebrate, they done it. You know what I mean? If they wanted to roll around and, and the goalkeeper make a save or roll around, they done it. It's a professional sport. It's not somebody you want a fair player to say, listen, we lost a European final, we would be a fair player award. Yeah. You don't want that, you know. Just last question on Seville. Obviously, you said you played in some big games and some big atmospheres, but it must have been some sight walking out and seeing all these Celtic fans in that stadium. That stadium wasn't big enough. Yeah. It was nowhere near big enough to hold it. And, and I thought that at the time when we, when we trained in it, I thought, this isn't big enough to hold us. That was 80,000 Celtic fans going over there was was incredible. Why why do you pick a stadium that only holds 50,000? When you know Celtic gets sixty thousand every single week, what, why? Where where is the logic in that? Who, who made that stadium? Mm. I'm not saying it's not a nice stadium. What I'm saying it's not big enough to hold that 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 football club because the football club is huge. But the green and white that night was was unbelievable. It's a, I'll say it's an absolute brilliant club. It really is a brilliant club. Yeah. See for the high one in the in the dressing room. How how hard is the law of, of losing it? How hard is that dressing room after the game? It's horrendous. You go in there and what what does the gaffer say? What does what does players say? You walk out with a with a loser's medal. No, nobody gives a toss about losers' medals. When you lose a final, you lose. Okay, we we appear in a European final. Aye, but you don't get talked about. In a European final for losing, you talk about when you when you actually won, and that's where that was a lot of it. I agree there where we never done it because you love to have done it. The, the ten in a row thing, and all these sort of things, was incredibly. As I said, go back to it. But it was a history club that would have been another bit of history to add to the the, the great Lisbon Lions team and, and the history of the football club. We fell short, but in my time there, what were what were what really proud of was Stone 10 in a row. And now the, the current Rangers team have, have got the same pressure that we've got. That, that now they have to handle that pressure that, that we had all the years ago. And hopefully the current guys the current guys won't go into the job. Right, yeah, just the last couple of years, Lambo. Yeah. Uh, great satisfaction being able to lift the league trophy again in 2003, 2004. Uh, brilliant, because... Um, the way the dominance of the, the, the club was and, and the way we were playing, it didn't matter where we went, as I said to you, it was like roll on game, roll on a game, roll again, roll again, roll again. And it's not just winning it one time, it's, it's going to do it again and going to do it again. When the pressure's always there, that's what Celtic Celtic gives you. So I think the the, the two thousand three and four was we virtually came unstoppable, that, that's for sure. How hard was it in your final couple of years when you weren't playing as much? Obviously, knowing the mentality that you've got, that's yeah. tough to figure out and watch. Do you know what, Simon? No, it, it, it wasn't. I hurt my ankle against the... Uh, I changed with you guys. Uh, I changed it. It was a Sunday, I'll never forget it, in my last year. And uh, Betty Rokes asked, Tommy Burns, God rest him, asked me to come out of retirement for the national team. <clears throat> and I said, I'm not so sure I want to do that. And... 
they talked me down, which I, I don't regret one one bit. And uh, my last year, I think I was, I was training with you guys, and I was getting older, I was getting 34, 35, and we trained in Barrafield, and it was a roasting hot day. And I remember playing one, two, my cook came down in the ground, and I had the hard ground, and I had a jar there, you know. And I went to Scotland, and they were playing Sunday at Hamden, and uh, with a double header, they were playing Sunday at Hamden, and I said to Bertie, I'm not sure about my uncle here. Doesn't he? I said, he said, what do you think for, for the midweek game against Germany? I went, we'll, we'll try him. And he uh, trained and day by day, got a little bit better. And then I went with the physio. And he says, right, get it a go. I said, I'll get it a go. Anyway, strapped it up. I said, right, we'll give it a go for the game. But I like, he tackled me in, 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 in the game. And he twisted my ankle again. And I thought, nah, this, this is gone. This, no, this is not right. So he goes back to Celtic. And the 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 ghost for the scans and all that can't see nothing. So there's definitely something more right there. I can feel it. This went on for twelve weeks, three months. This went on for. Still couldn't find a problem. I had all the scans and all that. And they went to a doctor in London. And he, and he he said to me, Paul, he said, "How are you feeling?" I went, "Do you know what? I feel not too bad. It's fine. It's the best it's felt." He said, "You, you should you should be on a plaster cast." There's a wee floating bone in your ankle. It's just chipped off in it. And what it did, it, it lodged itself in my ankle joint. Right. It's probably still in there to this day. And uh, it dislodged itself. I said, that's funny, I actually feel a lot better. I came back and I played against somebody at Aldi in Parkhead. Uh, and the guy went by me. And I thought, nah, that wouldn't have happened to me a year ago. Time's up. And I was at that, I knew right away then. I knew right away when I couldn't make the turn that I used to that I used to have. I was I was taking maybe a second more to turn than what I should. And I thought, nah, that's that's over. And I knew what that. About, what was the thinking about coming and playing with the reserves? Like obviously the guy a career that you'd had. Couldn't mm. believe it you actually wanted to come and play with the reserves. Because some most of the first team players used to hate playing with the reserves. They like most of them would come down and not even try a leg, but you yeah. would five would come down and run about yeah. and scream and what was the thing yeah. there, just to keep playing football? I had to keep that and bring news on. I think that, that was important. The time of use where, where young guys are starting off the, the bottom of the ladder. I had my time had came and gone and maybe try and stall what it's like to win all the time and having to win all the time. Because you guys might have went on to have a career at Serie playing first team, first team, first team. Would you get away with a season? We made it okay. No, you wouldn't have. Would you get a season of uh, no winning things? You wouldn't have got away with it because the club instigates several place there has to win. So whether I was playing to help use guys or, or, or try to prolong my career, I didn't want to prolong my career. I knew it was finished uh, in the last year uh, and the gaffer was great with that. And, and Kenny and Danny were great. I said, I'll come and help uh, the, the younger guys. And they, and they were growing. And they... Uh, and you, well, you know what, I never treated the reserves any differently than I treated the first team. It was always, you have to win, you guys have to learn. If you've never done it, then you'd probably get a rollicking for, for, for not doing it the same as, same as myself. The only guy that would get away with forgetting a Champions League winner and club captain's name, Danny McGrain. Uh, what am I? <laughs> you know what, I've let him away because, uh, you know, it's funny, it's funny because I, I I, I used to say to people, I said, how was McGrain world class? And uh, everybody I asked, right, everybody, even from my dad and all that, I said, Danny McGrain, what's the thing? And everybody he speak to, everybody, turns around and said, 
world class. And I was, I was talking to Andy Gray at the Leeds a while back. We're talking about Danny and all that. I said, What do you think of McGray? And he went off world class. And he's like, All right, I'll let you forget my name, Danny, for once. All right. <laughs> and he's really absolutely, absolutely drunk. What, what a player. What a player. Last question, Lam. How do you look back on all? How do I look back on Well, so I'm, I'm the mindset of when you look back, people don't care. It's just what happens going forward. What it has done is given me unbelievable highest moments, incredible time coming from a small part in Scotland to win the biggest honour in the game. You think, well, I must have done all right. You meet new friends in Germany and still have an association with guys in Germany and club. Celtic era, I know, that's me, don't be a stranger, always come back. I think I've never been back to Parkhead once to watch a game because I don't want to be because I never ever want to be known as a, a guy that just floats about the club and hangs on to it. and the guys the guys that now do a great job with the team and, and the team's doing great and all that uh, they've only been back once to watch watch a game it'd be really nice to go back uh, at times and all Peter asked me to go back a few times don't be a stranger and all that and I'm going very and, and maybe one day I might, I might uh, go back and see, see what it's like. But brilliant time, and I know how hard it is to play there. And that's why I've got the greatest respect for guys that, that play there. And, and, and guys who get criticised week in, week out, they don't perform. But in one time, absolutely loved it. Would have changed it? Nah. I don't have one, I don't have one regret in football, and that's not one in that year for a cup. Everything else, I would never regret. Do you, still, do you still think about that, Seville? Quite a lot. Losing the damn thing, aye. L- losing it is, um, aye. Because, uh, yeah, to be the captain of a European team at Celtic, to, to have, have won it. No, no, listen, that's a bit uh, selfish. That. Part of a team, not even the UEFA Cup, was, was the most galling thing. But other than else, did we stop? One of the hardest types to win ever, the ten or one because of what was the state. Absolutely, and what they guys done, that team that I played was was incredible as well. That, that was that was an incredible moment to run. But I look back on it, think, yeah, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant times as a footballer. Yeah. You never won the UEFA Cup, but you won the reserve league last mate, So well done. <laughs> I, uh, you, did you keep my medal? <laughs> I think you just chucked at me. I, I picked it up. Did you get the bonus that day? Did you get the bonus? The five pound bonus one. I got to I, I got to kiss Danny McGrain, that's enough for me. Oh you're listening that wouldn't have been great that was McGrain. <laughs> what a man. Hero. New Jersey can get a piece of the action at BetMGM Sports. Sign up today and start with a risk-free bet up to $500. It's a once-in-a-lifetime summer for sports fans, and there's never been a better time to discover BetMGM Sports. Download the BetMGM app or go to BetMGM.com to make your first bet risk-free. Must be 21 years or older. Must be in New Jersey. Restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for a full list of terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Advancements in the medical field are giving nurses faster, more effective results than ever before. They should expect the same from their education, too. 
Capella University's game-changing FlexPath format allows you to set your own deadlines and leverage your experience to move faster through your program. So the faster you move, the more money you save. When you're ready, we'll be here. Visit capella.edu for a trial course at no cost to you. Capella University. Don't just learn, learn smarter. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.